Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus what's up night fans sons of ucf is proudly presented by the law firm of gordon and partners since 1993 gordon and partners have been dedicated to the pursuit of justice for those who have been wrongfully injured at no fault of their own it's important that you get legal advice from somebody you trust. So contact UCF alum Michael Hoffman directly if you have any legal needs or questions. Visit their website, fortheinjured.com, or text 407-913-5350 to talk to Michael directly. Don't just trust anybody. Trust the best. And trust the night. Gordon and Partners, for the Injured. This is the Sons of UCF. The number one place for UCF sports with your distinguished host, Adam. Let's all get together and see who can solve the wordle the fastest. And Mike. You know, last year, I think I said about 30 people in the UCF, tons of UCF group. Let's try to double that. Let's try to get 50. Now, here are the guys. All right, welcome back, everybody. Sons of UCF, episode number 210. You're brought to you by Gordon Partners, part of the 1012 Network, also part of the Sports Drink family. My name is Adam, and as always, my friend and yours, Holiday UCF Mike, is with us. Although Holiday UCF Mike's wearing a tank top, he clearly isn't a part of the country that does not have any cold weather. Uh, so Mike's uh, Mike's in his natural element, though, my friend. But how you feeling, buddy? I feel good. It's been hot down here. I have the AC on right now. It's cold where you're at. Yeah, we were 40s this morning, my friend. We're up in the uh, in the 50s, uh, 56 right now, according to my computer. I think it was like 77, 80 degrees, something like that, all afternoon. So just another regular day down here. Nice, though. You are, you are damn near the equator, my friend. And uh, luckily, you got that tank top to keep you uh, nice and ready, Mike. And, and a lot of stuff going around in UCF this week. We'll get to all that. We got a, a boatload of headlines to get to today. Uh, we got a Christmas a special, a couple of Christmas special segments we'll get to. Gus Malzahn finally met the media for the first time in like a month, Mike. So we have a little Malzahn translator and we got Cal of the Week as always. Uh, all that is is what's on tap here for you, uh, for you this week, Mike. But let's start off with the, uh, a lot of breaking news. I don't even know where to start. I guess we'll start with the most unsurprising, least surprising, kind of surprising, kind of caught us all by surprise news. That is our now former defensive coordinator, Travis Williams will now be wearing red and coordinating the Arkansas Razorback defense. Mike, I think we all knew that T-Will's name was out there. I think the Auburn stuff was what we were expecting. And all of a sudden, he's in Arkansas. What uh, What happened, Mike? <laughs> it's the same thing that happens every year around college football. Somebody offers you more money to go somewhere else, and you take it, and you move on up. He's going to the SEC now. 
understandable. It's a higher profile job. Let's be honest. Even though Arkansas has not been good for a long time, um, but he's got an opportunity and probably make a lot more money over there. I, I don't. I didn't see what his salary went up to, but I'm sure it was a nice little pay bump. Um, but this is something we talked about the last few weeks. It, just because he didn't get that Auburn job didn't mean we were out of the woods. And we said it, I don't know how many times, you know, there's going to be a domino effect when somebody else takes a job and then they start hiring new people. So we weren't out of the woods by any means. And he, he took a, a job that, you know, good for him. It's a good opportunity for him. He, he wants to be a head coach one day. And now he goes to the SEC and has success there. He's well on his way. I'm going to tell you, Mike, I was surprised. I actually was really surprised by this because I had assumed that the Auburn stuff was a lot to do with the fact that he played at Auburn, he coached at Auburn. I think he's probably an alumnus of Auburn, if I have that right. And so my my initial assumption when the Auburn stuff came up was one of those going back home situations, right? Go back to where you played, go back to where you coached. Now you're coming back as the defensive coordinator. I assumed he had some form of a relationship with, with uh, Hugh Freeze, the Auburn coach, just based on the Malzahn connection. And so when he didn't get the Auburn gig, I was like, okay, well, I guess he tried, he flirted, and it wouldn't, didn't work out. And then all of a sudden, I hear Arkansas, and I'm like, wait, he doesn't really have any ties to Arkansas. I don't, he didn't, he didn't play there. Maybe, maybe his he's crossed paths with Sam Pittman, the the head coach, at some point in time, uh, or maybe there's somebody on staff I'm not, I don't know of that he's 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 close with. But I was taken back when when I when I heard he was taking this job, Mike, and that just told me one thing: Tila wanted the hell out of here. He wanted out of UCF for maybe a few reasons. I don't know which one. To, to your point, the least of uh, probably not the least of which could have been money. Uh, Barry Odom, their previous defensive coordinator, was making 1.8 mil. Uh, for context, T. Will is making a 600 650k, I think, here at UCF. So almost doubles the salary. Maybe he didn't get along with Malzahn. Maybe he was having issues with the staff. Maybe he was having issues with players. But I was surprised, Mike, because I, I assumed that the Auburn thing was just because it was Auburn and there was something you know, important and special to him. And then when I realized that he was taking this Arkansas job, I was like, oh, crap, he really wanted the hell out of here for whatever reason. Like, T-Will could not wait. He, did, he didn't bring any assistance with him as of right now. Um, you know, he, he literally just jumped at an SEC defensive coordinator job. And to your point, maybe not even really a good one, but he's going to get paid, I guess. But T-Will really wanted out of here, Mike. Um, I, I think we all assumed that maybe something was up, but I was surprised that he jumped at this one because I, I think if he waits, maybe he gets even a better opportunity next year. Maybe another thing comes up later on down the road. Um, he must have really wanted out of Orlando. Well, his defense didn't play great down the stretch this year, and <laughs> he's still going to get somebody to offer him that much more money to go there. Um, I think he has to jump at that opportunity, uh, you know, staying here another year. And if the defense, you know, goes in the direction it was heading towards the end of the season, maybe he doesn't get a, an SEC offer next year. But, you know, I think his long term goal is to be a head coach. And if you're a successful coordinator in the SEC, that then you can get a, a head coaching job. He'll probably have to maybe go down to a G5 head coaching job to start and then work his way back up the ladder that way. So uh, I don't know. Him and, and Gus have seemed to have a good relationship. He played for Gus, right, when Gus was coaching there. They've worked with each other before in Auburn. They worked each other here. I don't know, unless something happened that we don't know about. But if I had to guess, it's, this is all about money. Well, I checked in with a couple of people who might know some stuff, Mike. And, and what I got back when I was asking about T-Will was essentially um, – and again, this always feels weird, right? Because some guy leaves and all of a sudden all these other these other you know rumors and things come up. But the response I got back was nobody was throwing him a going away party. So I don't know if he outwore his welcome. 
I don't know if, you know, towards the end of the year, he was having issues with, with certain players. I mean, we had heard the rumors about Tatum Bethune. You heard a little bit. I think you saw a little bit from JJB on, on Twitter with the laughing, crying emoji. Um, T-Will could be tough on guys. He could be in your face as a coach. Not everybody liked that kind of style of coach. Um, so after he left, I was, I was surprised. But a couple of people checked in and said that, you know what, not really throwing a going away party for T-Will. So maybe he had worn out his welcome. You know, maybe Gus had kind of always knew this was the way it was going. Maybe Gus was frustrated with the way the defense was playing and and where Tebow's focus was at. I don't. It's going to be all conjecture at this point, Mike. Uh, but a lot of people all of a sudden were telling me, "Hey, th- there's not a lot of people crying over Tebow leaving." <laughs> I mean, that's easy to say once the guy's gone. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if that was the case, we could have just got rid of him. Like, if, if we didn't think he was doing a good job and Malzahn wasn't happy with him. You could have demoted him. You could have got rid of maybe, him. Maybe we did. Maybe that's maybe that's what Malzahn was. Hey, Arkansas, you should really think about that, T-Will. <laughs> and maybe that was his way of saying, hey, maybe you should think about that. I don't, again, I have no idea what's going on behind the scenes. And I agree with you. All of a sudden, it's it's really easy once a guy leaves. You'd be like, you know what? We didn't like him anyway. But uh, that, that I'd always assumed, I think you assumed the same, that the defensive guys would run through a brick wall for, for T-Will. And he always seemed like he had, uh, you know, he had that entire unit kind of all in one direction. But then all of a sudden you hear maybe not so much. Again, I don't know what's true on that one, but either way, T. Will, Arkansas, who knew? Yeah, well, we only see little snippets of him, you know, at halftime giving his speeches. And it seems like the the players all were buying into his stuff. Last year, the defense improved as the season went along. This year, it kind of went backwards a little bit. Um, I don't know. It's college football. You're going to lose your coordinators every other year, every two, three years, no matter what. And that's usually a sign of a good team. I mean, people want your coordinators. That means you're you're having success and they want a piece of what you've been doing. So maybe Arkansas saw what he was building here. And let's face it, he's a great recruiter. I mean, he he, he can bring in the recruits, say what you want about his coaching ability or or game day stuff, but he can definitely recruit and going to the SEC, that's going to help him a lot. Well, we didn't have that opening for long, Mike. 24 hours after T-Will leaves, Gus announces that he's promoted Addison Williams from defensive back coach and assistant head coach to now take over the defensive coordinator spot, Mike. Um, the videos on social media that the guys in the room were going nuts when they when they announced that Addison Williams was a D.C. We saw today at his press conference, a bunch of his guys came and actually watched and supported him during the press conference. Uh, so by all indications, at least internally, uh, everybody seems to be pretty pleased with, with Addison Williams. There's probably some element of people who thought, hey, maybe Gus should go outside, find somebody new. But this was clearly the move he wanted to make, Mike. He barely even slept on this thing. Uh, you know, he said it in that video that was released that, you know, he got a lot of phone calls. He was on the phone, but he knew what he wanted to do. Uh, and so Addison Williams gets the promotion. Like, hasn't really called defense uh, that much in his career. I think he had a season at Furman. Um, spent some time as a GA with Gus uh, at Auburn on the offensive side, spent some time at Coastal Carolina coaching secondaries, uh, but a highly regarded guy in the profession, Mike. But 24 hours later, Addison Williams, your new defensive coordinator, Mike. <laughs> Good for him. Congratulations. I mean, I'm sure he's a hardworking guy and he's earned this spot. Gus wouldn't just hand him the job if he didn't think he was capable of doing something. So uh, we're going to give him an opportunity here. Me personally, I would have liked to have a guy with more experience, you know, be the defensive coordinator. But yeah, you got to start somewhere, I guess. And you know, Gus trusts that he knows what he's doing. And you, we just got to believe in Gus, I guess, because if he had somebody else that he thought was going to be better, he would have brought him in. You know, I don't think we're really pinching as many pennies. This We're going into the Big 12. We're going to be making more money. So I'm thinking the coach's salary has got to go up a little bit. 
And he, he could have afforded to bring somebody else in if he wanted to, but he seems to think Addison Williams is the guy for the job and no, well, let's give him a shot. Yeah. This, this obviously to me felt like a continuity play, right? You know, the guys on the team already kind of knew Addison Williams. A lot of the recruits knew Addison Williams. Um, seemed like he was pretty popular in the building. This seemed like a continuity play where if you go to the outside, you risk alienating some of the guys on the current team, alienating some of the recruits who were like, hey, who is this guy? So there's probably, you know, to your point, you know, more qualified um, it just in terms of years and number of years calling defenses um, of guys out there. But it seemed like a continuity play. And, Mike, I can tell you this. All right, so I don't break a lot of news around here. I've got a lot of sources that tell me much stuff i usually don't share but i do know this for uh on, on pretty good authority addison williams was offered the um, liberty defensive coordinator job earlier in the week and uh went to gus and basically said hey i got this opportunity gus kind of alluded to in the press conference today then where he said hey like sit you know sit tight and stick with us but he was he was he was offered a job as a defensive coordinator so gus not the only one who obviously saw something in addison williams obviously addison williams clearly turns down that liberty dc job you know stays here at ucf so he was a name in in contention that doesn't mean he's a good defensive coordinator because the liberty wants to hire him like but he obviously is a guy that's got respect in the coaching profession uh, and, uh, and and certainly his name was up there for promotional jobs. Obviously, UCF's a bit of a bigger you know, promotion to a D coordinator job than Liberty would have been. But clearly, the coaching profession sees something in Addison Williams, uh, and uh, and Gus wastes no time in, in pulling the trigger, Mike. And again, it feels like a good move because it feels like a lot of the guys on the team now are on board with that. Feels like a lot of the staff that was there, and I think that was some of the other challenge was uh, there was assumptions that T will may take one of the Kennys with him, Kenny Martin or Kenny Ingram. Um, you know, David Gibbs, who's coaching secondaries. I think there were thoughts that maybe the staff would go with T-Will, but it seems like they're all locked in with Addison Williams. So kind of Gus makes a continuity play. We have no idea if Addison Williams can call defense. We have no idea how much better or worse he may be than T-Will, Mike. But it seems like right now everyone thinks this is a home run hire. Um, and it always feels good to promote from within when you can. Yeah. And, you know, let's see what his defensive philosophies are. I mean, is he going to run the same defense that T-Will? Discipline and accountability, Mike. That's all he said today. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I, we got to talk to Andy about the, the play calling and stuff. Yeah. He, he he knows more about that than us. But, you know, what kind of schemes is he going to be running out? Is, is he a, a blitz heavy guy? Does he like to play, you know, more conservative? Ben, don't break that. We, like we saw a lot this year. Um, that That's going to be something we're going to have to learn as, as we go along, I guess. And, you know, I'm willing to give him a chance. I mean, sometimes these guys can be great. And sometimes they can turn out to be nothing. So <laughs> who knows what we're getting ourselves into. We're going to have uh, a lot better competition next year. So he, he better be ready for something. If not, we're going to have to get some. If this doesn't work out, then you got to go after somebody with some more experience, I would think, right? Yeah, I mean, you you would think this is an opportunity for him to, you know, to, to kind of prove what he's made of. I, some people have told me that, that Addison Williams is more of a press man cover sort of style where obviously uh, it seemed like in the back half of the year we were playing off uh, a lot in the secondary that he prefers to play more press man style. Um, so maybe you see a change there, Mike, versus what you saw with T. Will. Um, outside of that, though, I mean, I don't know schematically how much different uh, he'll end up being, but, uh, you know, I, again, it feels good to get a promotion within. I think every time there's an opening, we all do that same thing. We're like, oh, we should hire this guy. We should hire that guy. 
Um, but, you know, it says something that the guys in the team all seem to be supporting Addison Williams. So we'll see what kind of D coordinator he will uh, turn out to be. He's going to call plays in the military bowl, although I don't suspect he'll have a lot of time to put a bunch of new stuff in, Mike. They've got nine days right now, uh, so I don't think he's going to revamp the defense. So we probably shouldn't judge alone just how they do in the military bowl. This will probably be something that we have to keep an eye on going into spring and going into uh, next fall camp to see what kind of uh, – Defensive play caller Addison Williams is, but congratulations to him. Opens up a, a, a spot now on that staff in the linebacker position. Um, David Gibbs is going to help out a little bit, sounds like, but now we have a chance for another linebacker coach, Mike. So maybe you bring somebody in linebacker position of need. So curious to see what I, I, I don't know if Gus makes it higher. I don't know if Addison makes that higher, but um, now we have an opening. So would love to see somebody bring in a coach that can bring a player with him because we certainly need some help on the linebacker. <laughs> Who are the former UCF players that are coaching defensive guys now? I mean, we always talk about bringing back Ryan Schneider and bringing back KZ one day to coach. Is there a defensive guy that's out there right now that's uh, maybe an ex-linebacker that's a, a coach somewhere that maybe we can bring in? A couple of names that come to mind. Kareem Reed left last year. He was like a, a off-field guy. He's now with Florida. I think he's uh, some sort of assistant D-line coach maybe. Um, so maybe he's an option, although I don't know if he knows linebackers. Josh Lindham comes to mind. Mike, he was with Georgia Tech for a while, the linebacker coach there. I think he's not. I don't know if he's coaching right now. Um, yeah, Travis Fisher coached defensive backs at UCF in Nebraska, but I don't know what he knows about linebackers. Um, so I don't, I, don't, I don't know if there's a lot of linebackers. I mean, shoot, bring back Terrence Plummer for all I care. <laughs> Shaquem. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, Shaquem, at least for recruiting purposes, right? That would be pretty cool. Um, but, you know, like I said, this stuff changes year to year. You're going to have a different staff. It's very rare you go from one year to the next and have the same staff come back. Basically, everybody came back from last year, right? So to do that two years in a row is almost impossible. Uh, GJ Kinney left to, to be head coach. We brought Chip in. But outside of that, yeah, I think the entire staff uh, remained intact outside of um, second straight year. We've lost offensive coordinator um, with GJ and now Chip as well. So. Well, offensive coordinator here is not even really an offensive coordinator. As we know, they do not call the plays. Correct. Well, or do they, Mike? So uh, Gus made allusion to this at the press conference. Again, one of those other items that I've, I've known for a little bit that haven't really shared. But let's 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 rewind for a second. So Chip Lindsey takes the job at North Carolina. Uh, so he, he vacates. He is no longer on staff, leaving now an offensive position open and different than what you saw with Addison Williams, Gus promoted him within 24 hours. Chip's been gone since like last Thursday and we're not even hearing names. We're not even hearing rumors. Uh, I think a lot of people are kind of tying yourself back to old Gus hires or old Gus um, staffers back in the day, Mike, but he was asked today in the press conference. And I, I know Brandon uh, asked it as a leading question. Cause I know Brandon knows some of the similar things that, that I'll share with you right now uh, about Gus and what he's going to do with that position. Will he call plays? And Gus was really coy about it, Mike, and was kind of like, yeah, you know, we're looking at everything, blah, 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 blah. Here's what I know. After the Navy game, there were meetings that took place between Gus and Timo. Um, and while they definitely meet, you know, regularly during the week, these were different kinds of meetings. Uh, and uh, and from what I was told, there was a, a bit of an airing of the grievances, if you will, in these conversations just about what what's going on and where we are with the staff and yada, yada, yada. Um, and obviously, Timo had a lot of pointed questions about the game plan at Navy. Uh, and that, and they, they met several times that week. Uh, and then I was told that Gus was flirting with the idea of giving up play calling, of, of bringing somebody in, of, of having an actual play caller. Then Chip leaves. 
Um, and a lot of the the behind the scenes stuff with Chip seems to have indicated they were butting heads. Chip wanted maybe more of a say in the offense. Gus wasn't willing to do that. Uh, but then Gus comes out today and says he's thinking about stuff. Like I was told um, that Gus, this next hire for Gus is an offensive coordinator and a play caller that Gus is willing to relinquish the play calling duties. Um, I was told it was, it was Gus's idea that he's indicated that there's a lot going on. He said it today in the press conference with NIL, with recruiting, with running a program, that there's a lot happening and that there's, there's just a lot to, to, to call plays. I think he kind of got led to water a little bit on that one, though, Mike. I don't know if he woke up one day and was like, hey, I got an idea. I think he was a little bit led to water, Mike. But I think that what you're seeing with the offensive position now is I, I would fully expect that this next hire will be offensive coordinator and play caller. I think Gus will give up play calling duties. So this next hire in offense is going to be big, which I think is why Gus is taking a little bit longer to make this decision. That's something – that's pretty big news because when Gus took the job, he said – He's going to call plays for the rest of his career. And now you're saying that Timo went in there after the Navy and said, you're not calling plays anymore going forward. Find somebody else that can do it. Um, that's, that's a pretty big story there. Um, but he's going to get he, – you can't just promote somebody that hasn't been a, an right. offensive coordinator before. He's going to get somebody – if you're going to be calling plays, you got to get somebody with some experience, somebody yeah. that knows what they're doing. Um it's, probably, it's got to be somebody in a sim- that likes to run a similar style than Gus likes. He's not going to pick somebody to come out and, and run something completely different. So it's going to be a fast-paced offense. Um, maybe somebody that he's worked with before. Maybe not. You know everybody's favorite rumor. Scott, Scott Frost. Frost. Yeah. <laughs> um, you think that could yeah, happen? That'd be interesting. That, I don't know. I highly, highly doubt it, Mike, but... I mean, Frost is a decent offensive mind. I mean, philosophically speaking, you know, he ran somewhat similar. I mean, Frost liked to run the ball for all we think about the the air style that he played. I mean, Frost liked to run the football. Um, obviously, they don't know each other outside of, I think, the couple times we played, the one time we played them in the Peach Bowl. I would highly doubt Gus would do that, but it's interesting. I mean, it's interesting to, to think about, but I, I would highly, highly doubt Gus is going to go to Frost. Would you let him though? Would you be okay with he did? I'd be cool with it. I think it would be exciting. I think I would say, okay. yeah. It would be interesting for us on the show. And I mean, I think Frost with Plumley as the quarterback can do some things. I mean, he can turn him into an option quarterback, which is what he does best is run the football. And we know the way Scott Frost used to run the option in Nebraska. He we saw a lot of that here with, with Milton, you know, the, the play against the cows with, with Killins and all that stuff. If he can get Plumley doing some of that stuff, that could be some fun. So uh, I, I doubt it's going to happen, but it's fun to think about. <laughs> it, it is. It would, would be interesting. Would you bring somebody on the staff, though, that the fans already pro- – a lot of them like more than you? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Well, do they, though? I mean, that's the thing. Is It's so interesting because, obviously, we all romanticize that 2017 season and what Frost did, but then, obviously, he leaves us in a lurch, recruiting database, red checkered shirt – you know, this place, yeah, that place, yada, yada, yada. yada. So there's going to be hurt feelings there. Um, so I don't know if he instantly becomes as popular as, as Malzahn, but it would be interesting. Like if all of a sudden, you know, 
Gus does something stupid or we don't get some recruit or something for people to be like, well, see, we got Frost right there. I don't I don't know what Gus would, would do with that. But just to be clear on something, by the way, I'm not I have no idea that Timo said to Gus, hey, you have to give up play calling. I was just told they met. <laughs> and that was a topic of conversation. I have no idea the exact words that Timo used, but I do know they had a lot of conversations that week after Navy. Uh, and that was kind of the first the first conversation topic where they talked about, hey, what's what's the right thing for the future? Um, but I got to think Gus is going to go with somebody he knows, Mike, which is interesting is, is that if that was what he was thinking. Right. And Chip Lindsay comes in and says, hey, man, I got an opportunity to maybe take this job in North Carolina unless the money was just so good. And again, I don't know what he's getting paid in North Carolina. Why didn't Gus be like, hold up, Chip? I'm thinking about giving this thing up. Like you could stay here and call plays. Instead, Gus was like, all right, well, I guess you got to go. You got to go. <laughs> now, maybe the money was, was better than Gus knew he could match, or maybe he just doesn't want that. Um, he wants a younger coach or something. I have no idea, Mike, but it is interesting. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, you know, we have two coordinators and, uh, and they both leave and, and doesn't seem like Gus did much to try to retain them. And maybe again, the, the financial stuff was just so much that, Gus knew he had no chance, but he seemed like he was like, all right, we'll see you later. So maybe he has somebody in mind on the offensive, but I think that's why you're seeing him take a little bit longer with that offensive coordinator position. Because again, based on what I was told, this person's going to be not only OC, but most likely going to be the play call. Chip Lindsay calling plays at his last stop before he came here or no? He was the head coach of Troy. I assume he was able to do what Gus did at that one. I mean, I don't, Look, I, I don't know that anybody out there is like, oh, my goodness, Chip, Chip, Chip Lindsay is one of the brightest offensive minds out there. I'm sure he's a decent offensive coordinator, but uh, I mean, I don't know who's other than North Carolina, um, you know, prior to. So he was at Troy. He got fired from Troy's head coaching position. People forget this. He actually took a job at FAU working for Willie T and the bus driver was only there for like a week. And then Gus lost GJ Kinney and Gus brought him up from Boca. So he was going from Troy to FAU. It isn't like he was, you know, going to some sort of powerhouse SEC school or he had a lot of these offers. He was going to FAU, which is FAU, Mike. And Gus gave him a lifeline. And obviously now that gets him to North Carolina. And there was also that story that broke in the middle of the year. Remember Brian Blackman yeah. and Chip Lindsay uh, with, with some, I forget exactly what was happening there. Some, um, some uh, what was it like the mistreating of players? Some, yeah, yeah. Um, some. So I think one of the kids was uh, was either um, getting bullied of some sort, and and uh, and then there were some sexual innuendos involved, and neither one of them did much about it, from what the lawsuit nope. said at least. Yeah, with Lindsey gone, I mean that's one last thing you have to worry about uh, if that was going to come back to bite us. And you know you can get rid of Blackman too. For <laughs> let's be honest. The special teams hasn't been anything great for the last couple of seasons either. We still haven't been able to return any kicks. Um, he, he was starting the wrong guy at kicker and and punter to start the year. It took <laughs> us a couple of games to get that figured out. And then anybody could have made that change. I mean, put, put Boomer in there to kick over Obarski. Uh, that was a no-brainer. So, I mean, you could lose your defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, and special teams coach all in the same season. Um, but whatever. I, I don't see it as a big loss. It's going to be interesting to see who they bring in. If you tell me Scott Frost is back on the <laughs> in Orlando next week, you know somebody's going to give the guy a job. Somebody, this is like a new statement special where he yeah. goes and revitalizes his career, and then he'll get a head coaching job somewhere else in two years. So he uh, was just coaching um, this weekend, Mike. He coached the high school All American All Star game, the Army um, All American game, or whatever, in, in Dallas. Actually, KZ was on staff with him. KZ was coaching with frost he was the head coach of one of the teams kz was there with him so maybe there's a connection there maybe kz's like hey gosh you should think about this 
I, I don't know. I'm really curious to see what Gus does. He's done this before, though. So everyone, you know, calm down for a second. He gave up play calling a couple different times at Auburn um, and ended up taking it back because he just couldn't. I, don't, I think he just couldn't resist not having control of what was happening. Um, and again, I don't know how much if he is going to give up play calling. How much of that he's really going to give up? Is he going to be like, hey, you know, Mike, I think we should run it here. Like, I don't I don't know what. Obviously, the head coach is the head coach, right? They can they can tell you what to do. They're your boss for all intents and purposes. So uh, this will be really interesting hire. But I think that's why it's, this one's taking so long, Mike. And again, Gus alluded to it today in the press conference, um, which I know Brandon kind of set that question up. So Brandon must have some of the same information that that I was getting with with Gus thinking about giving up play calling. Um so we'll see Gus said he'll make an announcement when he makes an announcement on, on that one. But uh, keep an eye on the on the offensive coordinator position. Like maybe Scott Frost. Uh, who knows? I'm, I'm sure there's some Auburn retread out there, though, that Gus is eyeing right now. Yeah, well, uh, I don't even know who it would be. What about Cam Newton? <laughs> so there was a picture of him with Cam Newton earlier. I mean, he wouldn't be an offensive coordinator. But to get that guy into staff yeah. recruiting wise, too, that would be interesting. Well, we also need, so Chip Lindsay was the OC and the quarterback coach. Um, so we also need a quarterback coach of some sort, um, unless Gus is going to co- coach quarterbacks or I'm, I don't know what we're going to do there. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see what, what route, um, what route he goes, but definitely something to, uh, to keep an eye on, an eye on Mike. But so, uh, I don't know how many, uh, schools out there lost both coordinators, um, post, uh, post championship weekend, but obviously UCF was one of them. Uh, now one filled, one not filled, but anytime you lose coordinators, Mike, there's always a risk of other things happening, uh, in, in, around your program, uh, guys opting into the portal now or decommits from recruiting and. And here's where we are right now. So as of as it stands, we have only two decommits so far um, to the recruiting class that Gus has hauled in. Now, I know there's a lot of rumors about flips and other guys. We'll get that in a second, Mike. But on Sunday, the uh, the Harris twins, Andrew and Michael, four star linebackers out of Lake Brantley, announced they're decommitting. Uh, they're not also not opening their commitment. I'm not quite sure they wrote that tweet the right way, Mike. But the Harris Twins, four-star linebackers, are, I guess, no longer considering UCF, Mike. So as of right now, that that appears to be the only damage that we've suffered based on losing both coordinators You know, to seven to ten days before signing day, Mike. I know it sucks losing two four-star linebackers, particularly from right here in Central Florida. But all told... That's not so bad, man, considering what could be losing both those uh, both coordinators. Yeah, you kept John Walker, who apparently is already here practicing with the team, and he's the yes. biggest name on defense, right? So that, that's good to know. The the twins, that's a it's a loss, but it's expected you're gonna lose something, you know, and yeah. we're gonna just have to replace them. And who knows how good with the whole recruiting thing, you never know how, how good these guys are gonna be anyway. So I don't get really too upset about it. Um let, let's see what Addison Williams can do. Let's see. Uh, signing day is when? Two, in two days, right? Two days, yeah. So we're, you and I are talking Monday. Signing day is Wednesday the 21st uh, is uh, is when, I guess, you know, early signing day. At least. There's still the second uh, signing window, but early signing day is on Wednesday. Right. So uh, I know we got a bunch of booms today. We, you know. We do. Let's, 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 let's go down the booms really quickly, Mike. We got, um, we got Gage King. He's a long snapper out of Arizona State. So we Alex Ward moving on. We do need a long snapper. So Gage King, welcome to Night Nation. He's a, he's a boom. Uh, Mike, one of your personal favorites, the uh, Jordan Mask, a a safety out of Texas State. He played four years there, 136 tackles, four ints in his career. So the Jordan Mask, 
is coming into uh, the UCF sa- uh, safety. Fred Davis is a defensive back committed to um, Clemson, played basically two seasons there, but was was hurting, and I think redshirt won. Uh, originally a four-star kid out of Jacksonville. Mike, he's six foot two, little, little lanky kid, tall kid. Uh, Fred Davis is, uh, is boomed to UCF. And then on the high school side, Tyree Patterson, a wide receiver, previously committed to UCF, a three-star kid, six feet, two inches tall out of Eustis. He has also announced his boom for UCF. So four booms on Monday, Mike. Patterson, Davis, Mask, and King. That's uh, Those are your booms. I like it. Uh, I like the, the guy from Clemson, Fred Davis. Yeah. Um, it, you know, any, anytime you got a guy that's transferring from Alabama – or Clemson, and now I guess you got to say Georgia or any of these you know, big-time schools that are competing for national championships every year. Uh, you got to like it. Obviously, they were big-time recruits coming out of high school, so a lot of talent there. Um, for whatever reason, it's not working out where they're at. Maybe it's injuries. Maybe they just get lost on the depth chart because the, the, those teams are very talented, right? and they're not getting the playing time they want, and they want to come back home. They're, this kid's a Florida kid. He wants to come back and be back close to the home. So I like that. I like that pickup. Um, the wide receiver at a high school who was supposed to go to Florida, you know, it's another battle we're winning against the Gators that makes with him and Walker, two kids that could have been going to play in Gainesville and decide to come to Orlando instead. So that, that's big. That, that stuff didn't happen in the past. And now here you go, two kids in, in the same signing class that are picking UCF over Florida and kids that are going to be playing against Florida in two seasons, right. As Knights. So, yeah. uh, Everything's looking good so far. I think the class is off to a good start. We're going to find out on Wednesday exactly who signs. But, yes. you know, it, a long way to go. You still got the other signing day. You still got the rest of this transfer portal. And kids are going to be coming in and out of the portal for the next couple of weeks anyway. Well, yeah, and here, here's here's another name to keep an eye on. Antonio Greer Jr., uh, the kid out of the, out of the cow country, who uh, linebacker committed to, to UCF. Uh, if you watch the interview he did with Brandon Helwig, uh, he pretty much said flat out that he came to UCF because of uh, Travis Williams, who is now, of course, is no longer with uh, UCF. So that's another name to keep an eye on. The portal guys are different than the high school kids because they don't have a deadline to commit. They just have to enroll basically by the time the, the next semester starts. So, um, so Antonio Greer has some time to make a decision, Mike. Um, that's a guy who was really, um, I think, a huge pickup for UCF just based on his experience, how, how, how well he had played. Um, and, uh, and so let's see if we can hold on to Antonio Greer because that could be one that keep an eye on uh, whether or not T-Will wants to offer him at Arkansas or if he wants to consider other options. Um, that's another name to, to, to look at. Obviously, he, um, he and Christian Leary were the first two early booms uh, we got, Mike. But you mentioned John Walker. And there's some sort of weird rule that all of a sudden takes place now that says you can actually practice um, with the team before signing day, I guess, before you actually officially come to you. I have no idea what this rule is. It appears to be a new one. But lo and behold, Mike, we got pictures of John Walker wearing a night jersey at practice, which is which is freaking fantastic because this was the kid, uh, again, the highest rated recruit in UCF history right now if he actually puts pen to paper on Wednesday, which at this point it appears likely that he will. Um, and sort of the, the crown jewel of the recruiting class, Mike. So John Walker, even though he'd been at Florida and there's been talks about him maybe thinking about flipping and going to Florida, wearing a night practice jersey. Apparently you can practice. I have no idea. But that's probably good news for us. Um, John Walker looks like solidifies his commitment to UCF. They change these rules all the time. Every there's year, a new rule now where you can play in the bowl game and not lose your red shirt, even yes. if you played four games. Mikey King could play for us <laughs> against uh, Duke if he wanted to. 
even though he already burned his red shirt. But um, yeah, great to see him. And it shows the kid is completely committed to UCF. He wouldn't be practicing with us this week and then going to play somewhere else uh, and signing with the uh, the Gators in two days, right? That wouldn't make any you sense. Wouldn't, you wouldn't think, no. You wouldn't think. <laughs> Unless something happens between now and then that's going to piss him off. Um, but that's great to see. He looks like he's fully invested in being a knight, and he's getting early practice time. He's getting some experience now, and then he's going to get some time in the spring. He's gonna. He's doing this now, so he can start day one when he starts uh, class in the fall as a freshman. And from all indications, he may be able to do that. He's that good of a player. So I love seeing stuff like that. I wish we could get some more of these guys to come in and start practicing with us. Yeah, let's hope he's the real deal. Obviously, it seems like everyone thinks he's the real deal. But to your point earlier with the Harris twins, you never really know how good these kids are, right? They, they seem good on paper. The stars seem good. Uh, and by all accounts, John Walker's a phenomenal player. Uh, but we'll see, Mike. Here, here's the rest of the high school recruiting list. At least I'll go through this pretty quickly. Um, Braden Marshall is another kid people are keeping an eye on, Mike. If you remember, he's the kid who committed over the summer. Uh, he is a uh, he's a defensive back. Um, he had a, a top three of like, you know, uh, North Carolina, Pittsburgh and Wisconsin. And then the day of his commitment, he actually pulls out a UCF hat and says, I'm going to UCF. Uh, apparently now he's got offers maybe coming in from Auburn, which he sold, told some people is, uh, is his dream school, Mike. So Braden Marshall is another four-star kid that we had kind of did this hometown hero thing over the summer. Same thing with the Walker, same thing with the Harris twins. And right now it looks like we're going to lose both the Harris twins and Marshall. So of the hometown heroes, it looks like right now only John Walker remains. It looks like Braden Marshall possibly leaning towards taking his services to Auburn. All right. And things like this are going to happen. What am I going to do? Um, like this kid could be a bust. He could be, he could be a fantastic all-American player too. And none of us are going to know. So uh, yeah. I guess if, if we were offering them and they're coming here, that's great. But if they're deciding to go somewhere else, I mean, that's part of the game too. So good luck to him, whatever decision he makes, <laughs> and, you know, I hope it's what's best for him. It's so tough to do recruiting, Mike, because to your point, like, I have no idea if these kids are good. You have no idea if these kids are good. They, they commit to us verbally. Everyone loses their mind. And that's why I, I, not, I, feel, I don't feel bad for anybody. But, you know, when these kids commit and we're all tagging them on social media and saying, hey, these are the guys and here's the next group. And people are trying to have them on for interviews and stuff. And these guys are different. They're going to leave. They're hometown heroes. And then three of the four of them are not coming to UCF. Right? It's, so, it's so difficult to do this because these are 18, 17-year-old kids who are just making decisions probably on the fly getting a lot of things thrown at them um so it's really hard to tell but braid marshall looks like he's he's flipping mike but here's the rest of the class that seems solid right now Kevin call defensive end from orlando jason duclona athlete from orlando uh randy Pittman, tight end troy ford like a, a linebacker so he's probably the right now the, the best linebacker spot we have troy ford um we are talked about tyree patterson quarterback dylan risk from cardinal gibbons in south florida and offensive lineman jonathan klein those are the guys right now listed at least as um as verbal commits for ucf um gus seems like he's pretty confident that we're gonna have some more mike um you mentioned florida and ucf earlier there's there's a lot of rumors floating around about a kid named isaiah nixon who you may remember as a guy who committed to ucf 
and then over the summer flipped his commitment to the Gators. And now there's a lot of rumors and speculation that he may be flipping his commitment back to UCF um, and potentially coming to UCF. So he may be one to watch on signing day, which would be really interesting because that would be three in a row uh, or three guys from this class that we've taken or, or battled Florida to, to come with. Um, so Isaiah Nixon maybe is a name out there, Mike. But Gus seems pretty confident he's going to haul in some, some dudes. It's a light class right now. Um, I know we got to keep some room for transfers and whatnot, but a light class coming in. So hopefully, hopefully a couple more names are going to throw their uh, – um, throw their John Hancock on a piece of paper soon, Mike, because this class is a tad light right now, losing Harris Twins and potentially losing Marshall as well. All right. But there's going to be a surprise here too. Somebody you haven't even heard of that's going to be signing with us on Wednesday. And then I would like to see us go after some more offensive linemen. It doesn't yes. seem like we're, yes. <laughs> we don't have too many of those guys lined up. Um, for as good as the, the guys on the outside, the receivers and, and the running backs are, if you don't have guys that can block for them, what's the point? <laughs> you know, so – Going into the Big 12, we're going to need a lot bigger offensive line, stronger offensive line, and defensive line, too. So uh, hopefully we can address those areas. Yeah, I know there's a couple of offensive linemen in the portal that had visited UCF. I, I don't know that we've gotten any update on where they are. Uh, we lost a kid um, that I think committed to UCF and flipped to Georgia. That was an old lineman, so um, we lose one there. But we absolutely, to your point, got to get – I mean, it seems like we're doing it all right on the defensive front, right? John Walker obviously is a big name. Kevin Call is a big name. You know, if Isaiah Nixon decides to flip, that's a big name. A couple of big boys up front. But on the offensive side, we, we – we, you know, Lokai Palue decides to come back, which is a great – benefit to UCF right so we'll have Palouay back we'll have Matt Lee back we'll have Grable back uh, but we got to replace two guys up front and uh, and Swoboda and Sam Jackson um, and you need some depth at the at the line that's not a it's not a spot we can mess around with Mike particularly in the Big 12 we're going against some big lines every week and some big boys up front um, I, I need Herb Hand out there on doodle alert on full-time doodle alert right now because we need some guys up front <laughs> yeah that's the key to the whole offense I mean you can't block you can't run you can't throw you can't do anything so and that's, I mean, having a running quarterback helps, but how many times have we seen plays get blown up right at the beginning because the offensive line couldn't do their job? So they, it's got to get better. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's got to be, um, there's got to be some, some movement there. Again, Gus seems pretty confident, Mike. So we will, uh, we will see what, uh, what happens um, from that standpoint. So um, that's what we got the football. So coaches coming and going. Um, uh, looks like John Rice Plumley is planning on playing Mike in the bowl game. We saw him meet the media today. He seems like he's, he's good to go. Um, we, uh, we heard from Plumley that both him, Thomas Castanos and Timmy McLean have been getting some reps. Um, I don't, I don't know if Timmy's eligible to play. I don't know if he transferred in too late. I'm not sure how that works out. Mike, and to your point, I know you can play in the bowl game without a red shirt. I'm not sure if he's eligible. Gus didn't really clarify any of that. Um, but Gus also said no opt-outs as of right now in the military bowl, uh, outside of the guys who've left already in JJB and, and o Ryan O'Keefe and Devonte Brown. Um, funnily enough in that video with Addison Williams, Mike, if you zoom in a little bit, uh, and you really got to zoom in on that front, right? You know, who's sitting in that room, clapping, smiling, having a good old time. No, it's your buddy, Andrew Osteen, who committed yeah. to Mississippi state. He's absolutely in that room yucking it up next to a Barsky having a good old time. I don't know what, I don't know if he's playing still for UCF. I don't know what the deal, but I'm, I'm, I'm a thousand percent sure Andrew Osteen was still in that picture. <laughs> Didn't he just, so he's not on Mississippi state. He is, or he's just, I have no idea. I don't know how this works. I have no idea how it works with these guys. I have no idea. Like if you can, um, if you can commit, but not sign like again for the portal guys, you just have to um, enroll in that school by the time of the deadline. So, 
they're not eligible to play anyway. It's not like he can go play for Mississippi State. I don't even know if they are there in a bowl game, actually. Um, so it's not like he can play anyway. So I don't know how that works. I, I guess if the school you're leaving is cool with you staying, I guess in theory you could. We saw Emory Jones do it last year for Florida, right? He said he was leaving, played against us in the bowl game, and then went in the portal right afterwards. Oh, he didn't commit to something. So I don't really know what's going on. College football is so freaking weird these days. And you're sure it's him. It's not just some other guy. I'm 99. Nine, I went to 100 earlier. Now I'm going to go 99.9. I'm <laughs> 99.9% sure. That's it. Somebody fact check that video. Zoom in right front when Addison Williams is coming down. Everyone's shaking his hand. He's uh, um, he's sitting there right next to Daniel Labarski. You can't miss him. Because, I I mean, you probably know better than me. But if he's not wearing a jersey that says Osteen on the back, I, know, of it, I, I have I no idea who he is. Even if he was, I'm not sure if you know who he was. <laughs> Yeah. And that's that's probably ninety percent of the team for me anyway. Yeah, I guess he's in the uniforms. All right, so that's your football update. Obviously, we still have the military bowl coming up here uh, on uh, Wednesday, the twenty eighth. We'll get uh, some more stuff with that in a little bit. We have Malzahn translator, um, so we'll, uh, we'll we'll start uh, some of that, Mike. But I want to switch over to hoops. I just a backbreaker of a game on Saturday with all this stuff going on. It was an interesting uh, couple of hours here for UCF, right? Because, well, actually, it's been an interesting weekend for UCF because it was late in the week. We started hearing all these social media rumors that were getting this big flip, and you know, someone big is coming to UCF. Everybody jumped and assumed it was Cedric Baxter, you know, the number one ranked running back in the nation was coming to UCF. Um, turns out everyone now has shot that down and said Cedric Baxter's not coming here. So we all got our hopes up thinking we were getting the best running back in the nation. Uh, then we lose Chip Lindsey. Uh, and then we go uh, um, and we don't get any other booms. We're expecting some of these other guys. And then we go down to, to play in, in actual South Florida against Missouri, uh, an SEC school after beating Ole Miss. Mike, you were down there in what has to be the ugliest court I've ever seen in my entire life. What are the people of Sunrise doing with that court, by the way? Uh, and uh, it's a back and forth game. UCF does that thing where we come out to a big lead. We were blanking them 14 nothing at some point early in the game. Like Missouri makes a comeback. They, they kind of controlled the game. UCF makes another late comeback. Taylor Hendricks with a, a monster three to, to give us the lead, Mike. And then you were there. Why don't you take me through the, the, the last couple of seconds, uh, the emotions there. Big three from Taylor Hendricks. We look like we're going to come out of this thing with a nice victory. And then what? <laughs> I still can't believe that shot went in. <laughs> I was going nuts when we took the lead. Uh, there's this guy on Missouri. He's last guy on the roster. Yes. Like, number, th- number 31, I think he is. Sternberg? Yes. Yep. There were two of them. There was a Sternberg and then there was another guy that I was calling McLovin that looked like McLovin. Um, but this Sternberg throughout the whole game is the funniest guy to watch on this on the court. He's making all kinds of facial things and he's he, he's overreacting to every shot on the court. He's going crazy. You can't hold him back. And we're cracking up watching him the whole game. When we took the lead, I'm sitting on the floor right behind the basket, right by the Missouri bench. And I just start giving it to him. Sternberg! Sternberg! And I'm doing all the stuff that he was doing the whole game. <laughs> and then two seconds later, they hit that shot <laughs> to beat us. And, oh, man, what a backbreaker that was. I thought for sure we were going to pull it off. We, like you said, we started off the game great, just like the Ole Miss game. It wasn't 21 nothing, but I'm pretty sure it was 10 nothing. And then they went on a run and took the lead. Then in the second half, we couldn't do anything to start. I think we didn't score for like the first, what, eight minutes of the second? I think we had one point in the in the first seven minutes of the, of the second half. And then, you know, fell behind, 
came all the way back. We were, we were down, what, 10, 12 at some point there in the second half? Yeah, yes, we were. Came all the way back, took the lead in the final minute, and then that play, I, when, it was, when it was happening, I was like, okay, it's over. The guy's on the ground. <laughs> and he rolls it over to the guy who's standing on the logo at half court, chucks it up, banks it in, and it was clear that he got the shot off in time. Yes. Um, yeah, that, that sucked. And I, I just sat there with my jaw dropped to the floor <laughs> for about 10 minutes. Couldn't believe it. Went back upstairs, got another beer, and came back down and watched like the first half of the, the FSU game before I got out of there. Yeah, it was a, it was ten nothing UCF in the first. Uh, we were down by fourteen at one point, Mike. It was fifty one thirty seven at one point, and then we make a nice comeback. Uh, all um, you know, a lot of it due to uh, some some hot shooting. Ithiel Thornton, uh, Horton, Mike was on fire. He was, I think, what six for thirteen from from three. Taylor Hendricks kind of struggled, Mike. Um, you know, throughout the game, he, he kind of really stepped it up late in in the game. Uh, again, he hit that big three to to put us up one with fifty four seconds to go, but. Taylor kind of struggled. I know he's from South Florida. He's from actual South Florida, um, you know, from from nearby there. I, I assume he had family and friends in the in the stands, Mike. But he he struggled for a good bit of the game. Got a couple of big hoops late, but he, he definitely didn't. Definitely had an off game relative to what we've seen uh, from him um, in the in the first half of the season. Yeah, I noticed that too as the game was going on. His numbers did not look good up until the last minute when he put some points up. But um, he just looks different, man, from the rest of the guys on the court. He's a big kid. Tall, long. Uh, he, he looks like he's going to be the real deal. Um, th- but it was one of those games where, man, we had it. And I don't know how it, it just slipped away. It's like, you know, one of those March Madness types games where, you know, you hit that last second shot and just sucks all the life out of you. You know, it was not like the Duke, obviously, but it was a tough one coming down, losing the way we did. Um but overall, a good time. I enjoyed my time watching the game. You know, good seats right behind the basket. Um, just everything was perfect except for the last 0.3 seconds or whatever when the ball bounces in the basket and we lose. I mean, technically, the score sheet has the, the shot going in at one second um, by DeAndre Golston. It was like a 30-footer uh, to your point. He was halfway on the logo, Mike. Um so are you bought in on this team then? So you you you've been one who's like, hey, we've seen them do pretty well in the in the preseason or in the in the non conference before. I think last time you and I talked, you said you know do it in the SEC. We handily beat Ole Miss. We we pretty much have this game won, and then we don't at the very end, which is a loss is a loss, Mike. Uh, we have one more game non conference against Stetson on Wednesday, and then on the same night, uh, the same day that we play um, Duke in the Military Bowl, that same night we open conference play with Wichita State. So where are you at with Johnny Dawkins of this team now? You saw them live and in color, you saw them play, uh, and we've now we've gotten you know pretty much you know 10, 12 games of, of this new iteration of the Knights team. Um, is UCF Mike bought in or are we now, are you still, you still Missouri, no pun intended. You still need to see more out of them. The show me state. I want to be, I want to believe in this team. I like the way they play. I like the hustle that these guys show. They show heart. They, they show a lot of fight in that game. They could have easily just, you know, once we were down 14 in the second half, mailed it in and just gotten out of there, taking the split with uh, old miss and Missouri and, you know, whatever packed it up, but they didn't do that. And I like the way they play. I, I, I like that they, you know, get a lot. They go hard on the boards. They get the rebounds. They fight for every loose ball. Um, Hendricks looks great, but 
you know, this has been the story every year. We, we seem to go seven and two, eight and three, nine and two every year in, in the non-conference and then fall on our face in conference play. Um, we know for sure Houston's going to be very good. We know Memphis is going to be good. Wichita is always tough. Um, there's a couple of teams that are, that are not going to be any good, right? The cows are not any good this year, are they? I mean, not so far. They're not playing really well now. I don't think Temple's really that great this year. Um, the, we have an opportunity right now. We're, we're probably looking like the third best team in the conference, right? Behind Houston and Memphis. Um, so you pull off a, an upset here somewhere and, you know, are we talking there? What do we have to do in conference play to have serious, like uh, at large bid to the, to the big dance? No, we do this every year. So how many conference? Let me do the the math on this. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen conference games is is where our slate is at here. Um including obviously two uh with Houston, one home, one road, um, two with Memphis, one home, one road, obviously. Um Man, I think it, you know, if so, right now we're eight and three, right? We have a, we have a, a game at home against Stetson, who's, who's not bad. So, but let's just pencil a win in right now, just for fun, right? So, let's say we're nine and three non conference going into conference play. I think somewhere in that 28 to 30 win range probably, probably gets you where you want to be at, Mike. So, you're looking at having to win um, a lot of those to, to get to that yeah. point. Um, 30, I mean, 30 is, I think the comfortable mark where you can get to 30, like you're, you're in no questions asked. Right. I think from a bubble 30, standpoint though, that means we have to win all our games. 30. That, that's too pretty much. much. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, Usually the, the number is like 22, 20, 20, 21. Right? I think we got to win more than that. Um, man, I think we got to go at least 13 wins in conference. 13 and five. Yeah. I think we got to go at least 13 wins in conference. Yeah, so that's so nine you. plus 13 gives me 22, but even then, I think that's going to be t- kind of close. All right, unless it depends on what one of the wins are. If one of them is at Houston, that's a big win, right? Yeah. Like we did, uh, that's what it took to get us in the tournament. That the last time with Taco and BJ and those guys, we won that game at Houston when they had college game day there. They were a very good team then, too. I mean, they're better this year, but it's going to take a big win. Um, you know, maybe winning at Memphis or at least splitting with those guys and not having any horrible losses. Don't lose to the, the cows. Don't lose to the, the bottom feeders of the league. And I think we got a shot, but yeah. The problem is the Americans been a one, one bid league of later. Right? It's, it's pretty much been just a team that wins. Um, I think last year, I think we got two bids. If I have remember that correctly, I think Memphis may have snuck in there plus Houston. Um, and I think that's the challenge is we got to find, we got to, it's got to become a two bid league um, or a three bid league. If, if we're going to have Memphis in there. Um, but I think we need at least 13 of those 18, like All right. at minimum. I mean, to your point, we can't, we can't trip up against East Carolina temple um, SMU is down right now. They're three and seven Tulsa. We lost last year and I'm actually a very similar buzzer beater than we just experienced with Missouri. If you remember Tulsa beat us as a buzzer at, at Tulsa, um, you know, we, we can't, and we got to put away the games that we have won. I think we had a game one last year against Wichita that they come back at the very end, right? Like that's where, that's, what's interesting is this, this team has done a better job this year of closing games out. Um, but then you see them, you know, trip up against Miami. We can't close that one. We couldn't close against Missouri. That's the part I need to understand. We close really nicely against Oklahoma state. Um, 
we beat the brakes off Florida State, obviously. Uh, we closed against Samford, which we probably shouldn't have uh, shouldn't have been that close. We closed out against Santa Clara and Ole Miss, but can can we close some of these games late if we get the lead? That's going to be interesting to see. That Florida State team, by the way, I saw them up and close in person. No, there's no wonder why they suck. They that that's a small team. That they, yeah. they had like six tiny white guys on the team. I couldn't believe it. The St. John's came out and <laughs> they were twice the size of those guys. And they basically kicked their ass. So and what's Florida State's record? Like three and ten right now? Something stupid. They they are not good. So that is not even a good win on our resume right now. Uh, I know we like to say, hey, we've got three wins against P five teams. Florida State doesn't even count in my book. That that's stinks. They are they are three and ten uh, to your point right now. I've uh, got drubbed ninety three seventy nine against. I can't believe you actually stayed for some of that game. Wow, that doesn't seem like you. Um, you know, you're already in the arena. You're hanging yeah. out, drinking. Um, Give me a crowd because the TV did not do. Jo- that looked like there was you and three of your closest friends at that game total. It did not look like a really big crowd, <laughs> at least on on TV. Yeah, it was empty. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't packed at all. Um, I was sitting in the fourth row behind the basket. The, the, basically, the whole section behind me was empty. There, there was a couple guys in the seats behind us, but the, the section down there was pretty empty. Um, I bought my tickets on Friday night. I could have waited till Saturday and got the same seats for $30. I paid $45. But right. uh, really good seats. Well, yeah. What's what's the pre? So you're uh, you're a premium guy. You like you like uh, you like some of your amenities. You like a club. What, 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 were there were there some perks? Obviously, other than being on the floor. No, no. Yeah, I told you that guy, the, the ticket rep guy I was dealing with. Yeah. Um, he wasn't budget on his price. Those things were 150 bucks. I figured, you know, for 40 bucks, I can sit on the floor, and you know, I'm gonna, I'm not going to spend 100 bucks anyway on just drinks. So, you know, Good. worked out okay. You know, I went okay. with my buddy Ricky. We went with Jackie, uh, XO. We had a good time. And the Florida State game was coming on. I, I didn't have anywhere to be until 8 o'clock that night. I still was able to go watch the first half of Florida State, Uber home. I was home by 4.30, took a nap for a couple hours, and then went to the Christmas party at, that night. So good time. UCF Mike. Look at UCF Mike making it. I get to get to sports in. Uh, again, it was part of a weird weekend because we lose that one. And then like an hour later, we get the T-Will news. Uh, that uh, that he's going to Arkansas it was really really rough week weekend UCF sports wise, Mike. I I heard about that while I was at the game, um, but I didn't really like look into it. I was just like I figured everybody was losing their minds at that time. I was like I'm not even going to bother looking at Twitter right now. Uh, I was just trying to enjoy the basketball game. But um, you know it is what it is, man. This is <laughs> the off seasons around here have been pretty eventful the last few years, right? When was the last yeah. time we had a boring off season? It really doesn't exist anymore. Hypo comes and goes. You know, you I guess get- nine, 19 to 20 was probably pretty boring, but then COVID hit. So that was that kind of kept everything kind of interesting. But I guess 19 to 20. Yeah. Uh, all right. It's so, kind of kind of boring. And let's see what happens here with the bowl game. I mean, <laughs> we, we forget that we have a football game to play. We still. got a football game. Football yeah, game. we still got one to play in a couple of days. Uh, and I'm glad you brought that up, Mike, because obviously Gus Malzahn met the media. Uh, and uh, so translator can come back so we can do some Gus Malzahn translator here in, uh, in just a second, Mike. But quickly, before we do that, uh, I want to throw another shout out to uh, um, a group that you and I have partnered with, uh, the Charge on XYZ folks uh, who are 
uh, obviously part of the uh, the NIL collective that's uh, being uh, supported by UCF. Uh, if you go to their website, charjohn.xyz, like you can sign up, you can get memberships, you can get experiences. I had a call with these dudes last week and they were like, hey, let's spitball some cool ideas, Mike. We came up with some really interesting ideas um, that uh, they're going to uh, research, some really unique fan experiences, some things that uh, they're going to try to push UCF on. So um, you might want to get in there now and start to get your membership worked out. Again, charjohn.xyz. Um, they've got an exclusive podcast. They have one out there with Timo right now. Uh, I know they have one out there with JRP as well, so you can check that out. Um, you know, they uh, they had the cleats with Bowser, and, and I think that payoff is coming on that soon, Mike. But we had, we had a nice list of ideas that they're going to start working on for the upcoming season. Uh, and they are going to start doing some basketball stuff as well. So uh, if you enjoy the, uh, the, the current uh, iteration of the basketball program, um, charge and XYZ will have some things coming your way as well. So get over there. Um, membership costs are pretty low, Mike. You can get in, sign up, uh, you get points, you can accumulate for prizes. Um, they do giveaways. I know they're giving away tickets to the military bowl. I think somebody already won those Mike. So get over to charge on XYZ, check those guys out again, sign up, uh, money goes right to the student athlete at UCF. We're in NIL era right now. So you might as well do that. Um, and, uh, maybe get, uh, some fun experience out of it as well. So charge on dot XYZ. That's where you want to go, Mike. Where I want to go is a quick break. I got a cough here, so I'm going to take a break. We're going to we're going to come back. We're going to do Malzahn Translator and a fun little game that I've got uh, worked up for you, Mike. So don't go anywhere. With the Sons of UCF, we're brought to you by Gordon and Partners. This is UCF head football coach Gus Malzahn, and you should listen to the Sons of UCF like your hair is on fire. Go Knights and charge on. All right, welcome back, sons of UCF. Mike, we have the Gus Malzahn translator fired up. Finally, he hasn't met the meeting in a while, so uh, the translator's been under uh, under construction. Um, so we'll we'll break down in a second, Mike. But before we do that, how about the Urban Nooks take it to the house moment of the week, Mike? There was no football, but I have a take it to the house moment of the week. If you uh, if you're prepared to listen in on what I've got to present to you, all right. I'm ready. I'm going to go with that Taylor Hendricks three-point shot, Mike. That comes late in the game, 54 seconds to go. Hits a three, puts us up by one, 66-65 at that point. That was a huge shot. Could have been the game-winning shot. It wasn't for DeAndre Golston throwing one in from his ass off the ground from 75 feet away with his eyes closed probably, uh, which takes the the win from us, Mike. So Taylor Hendricks, the ticket to the house moment of the week with a clutch three-pointer that should have won the game for UCF. Yeah, and like I told you guys, I was going nuts when that happened. I thought for sure he was going to be the hero, you know, back in his hometown, hitting a big shot like that, um, and it just was not meant to be, I guess. Well, he's, he tried to take it to the house, Mike, but if he uh, if he wants to actually take it to the house, he should call Urban Nooks and Drew Bellani because uh, they have the scoop on what's going on. Drew is a two-time alumnus. He's a shareholder. He's a volunteer. Uh, he's been in the real estate game for a long time, Mike. You need people you can trust. Drew's a fellow that he's somebody you can trust if you have questions. This market is crazy right now. All kinds of things going on out there. Drew is going to get you right. He's going to help you make sure you make the right decision. Give him a call at 407 456 3226-407-456-3226. That's Drew Bellani and Urban Nooks, and they sponsor our Take It to the House moment of the week, Mike. All right, Gus, met the media. We are back with the translator, Mike. I got some. I got four fresh clips for you here. Uh, this is Gus on a lot of different things. First things first, he was asked, obviously, a lot about uh, the, the changes on the defensive side of the ball with uh, T-Will leaving, and, uh, and are we calling him A-Will? I don't know how we're going to do this yet. It's also weird because his name is Addison, which is the name of my daughter. I don't consider Addison to be a guy's name, but I know there's Addison Russell, the shortstop for the Cubs back in the day. Um, I gotta, do we call him A-Will? Are we calling him Addison? I got to figure that out. <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I don't know. 
Can we go A will right after a T will? That's, that's, that's a little weird. And um, yeah, Addison is a unisex name, I believe. It technically your- means son or daughter of Adam is what it, the like that baby name book where you like you know the definition thing, which I think is how we came up with Addison, even though she's not a son of mine. And also, isn't it because uh, the street there by Wrigley Field? So that initially was, yes, I didn't want to name my kids Clark and Addison, although we, you and I uh, had a high school buddy named Clark, and that felt weird to name a kid after Clark. Uh, and I haven't watched the, club, the Cubs since, so I'm glad I didn't do that. But that was initially one of the early ideas was, uh, was that. Plus, um, we wanted a name. So both of my kids have my initials, obviously, AE, uh, and they actually both share a common middle name, even though it's a different middle name. So both of my kids' initials are A-L-E-L, which is odd. Um, so once we named Addison, Addison, um, because my wife really liked that name, then Aiden had to be Aiden, so that's kind of how that all came to be. So you named Fun them after beers, really, with ale. You know what? It was interesting. So it, it was not intentional. I actually promise you this, Mike. Um, I, I I know you'll know this. I promise you this. Um, Addison's middle name is my mom's name. Uh, my mom's name was Lori. So it was. We were always planning on naming her after my mom because my mom was sick at that point in time. So we thought it was a cool thing. And it wasn't until after I was like, oh shit, that's ale. I didn't really realize <laughs> what we had done until after it was over. But then I was like, well, all right, now it's you know that makes sense. And then I was like, well. I already got one. I might as well just figure out another one. Uh, and I had no other L names in my life. So Aiden just has Lucas just because we needed an L. So it wasn't intentional. I promise you on that one. I was trying to figure out what his middle name was. I was thinking Larry, but I guess not. No, we went Lucas. No, Aiden Lucas uh, for some reason. Although now he, he's on this thing now where he wants us to maybe call him Lucas. I don't know how I feel about oh, that yet. There you yeah, go. He's like, he's like, maybe I should mean Lucas. I'm like, well, eh, you're Aiden. Like, <laughs> I mean, I named Jaden. I didn't. I didn't name you Lucas. I also oh, have this thing too. Yeah, I don't, how do you do this with your kids? Because I know uh, your kids, uh, particularly your your oldest, you can shorten her name. Uh-huh. I'm of the mind Addison's name is Addison. It's not Addie. It's not Ad. It's Addison. That's her name. Like I don't. If I want to name her Addie, I would have named her Addie. And I get actually annoyed when people shorten her name. Yeah. Even uh, though that's not her name. Like you can do that with your 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 firstborn as well. But I know you usually call her by her full name versus calling her by her short name do you get annoyed if people are like call her by a shortened version of her name no because then i'd be a hypocrite because i call myself mike and my mom had the same <laughs> issue my whole life too she called me she called me michael and she she still basically calls me michael all the time um yeah. i call my daughter yeah. isabella 90 yeah i no, i always call her isabella but she sometimes wants to be referred to as bella and you know i can't tell her no because i tell but people you can, mike, you can so it doesn't bother me. No, I don't, I don't care if that's what she wants to be called. Now, if it was something ridiculous yeah, that had nothing to do with her name, I, I don't know. Maybe that, that would be uh, a different story. But okay. I'm fine with it, I guess. Well, so far, Aiden's still Aiden. He's contem- he was contemplating being called Lucas the other day. I think we talked him out of that. Um, because uh, He's actually, um, we can get into this later, flag football, Mike. He's playing five football. You're, you're talking to the new coach of the, uh, uh, of the, uh, the flag football team. I'm not happy about it because uh, I didn't actually want to coach uh, because I don't know the rules. I, don't, I, I didn't have time to study up on this, um, but they needed a coach, and, and finally I, I, I gave in. And so I actually went today to pick up my gear for my team, and I'm displeased because I've learned that our team is the Giants, which is not, not something I'm cool with, Mike. i got to figure out how we can change your name from the giants but i am the new uh the new head head ball coach of the uh the u10 uh flag football league at i9 sports you don't get to pick your own name that's a little weird they decided no to- it was already decided for me yeah I, I, I show up there to get my gear and they're like oh you're the giants i'm like i don't think i'm the giants and they're like yeah yeah, yeah you are I was like, ah, 
what else we got? And they're like, Giants. It's like, huh. They gave you blue uniforms. I'm guessing. They're reversible. They're blue, black, reversible. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sounds like a good team, though. Uh, but you're gonna be drawing up the ball, the ball plays, huh? You like spurring? Yeah, yeah. Many- we're all, I'm all, I'm all jet sweeps, baby. I don't think the forward passes, my friend. <laughs> I'm all jet. I, I learned the rules now. You got four. Basically, you start at the goal line. You got four downs to get to midfield, and then that's a first down, and then you have four downs to score after that. So basically, you have eight plays to try to score a touchdown. Um, you got to get a first down after four. Um, so it doesn't matter how you do. You can't. You can't. You just can't do a, a straight quarterback draw. Um, if they rush you, you, you still can't, uh, pass the line of scrimmage. Um, but you can do, uh, handoffs or reverses behind the line of scrimmage. So we're all draft sweets, baby. I'm, I think, I don't think the forward pass is going to be my friend with this group. How many, how many guys are on the field at once? Five on five. We got, we got five, five on five. And there's offensive linemen too. Like one guy. No. No, there's like a guy who like gives the ball back to the, to the quarterback, yeah. like a quasi center, but it's not between the legs. It's just like a turnaround throw to him, but he can go uh, off so- the passes. He can go up for passes, yeah. You get uh, there's a there's a, a line of scrimmage where the defense has to wait seven seven Mississippi's. Um, after seven Mississippi's, the ball's not thrown out. It's a dead it's a dead play. So you only got seven seconds to throw. Um, they can uh, they can blitz. Uh, I think once per every four plays or something like that. Uh, so they can bring the heat. So I got to figure out when I'm when I got a blitz here. But I think we're going all jet sweeps, baby. We're going all jet sweeps. Oop de oops. <laughs> like I don't think I don't think we're running four verts. I don't I don't think we're there yet. This sounds like the same rules that we played when we had intramurals, right? I think it's pretty way. close. Yeah, I think it's pretty close. You know what you need is Andy. <laughs> Andy's going to draw you up some ball plays. I, I, I you know what? I, I'm going to send him a text message. I have two friends of mine who I, who coach their kids in flag football. And I was like, hey, I need, like, what am I doing here? Like, how, how big should the playbook be? Are we doing, like, two plays? And the one guy was like, dude, jet sweeps. <laughs> All day long. <laughs> jet sweeps and the pop pass. So, basically, just, like, throw it forward. Uh, jet sweeps and pop pass are what I was told uh, are are your best friends there. Do you have any fast guys on your team? Have you seen I, so, I, I know a couple of the kids. Aiden knows some of them. So, I've got an early scouting report. I, I, got, I got a little bit of speed. I don't know if I have a quarterback yet. Aiden's got a pretty good arm, actually. I don't know if he's he, he's got the accuracy I'm looking for, um, but he's got a pretty strong <laughs> arm. So uh, we'll see. I, we again, we may be all jet sweeps. I'm more worried about defense. I don't know what I'm gonna do on defense. I, like, just keep the guy in front of you. I get like, what are we doing here? Like, I don't know. Oh man, you're playing zone. I mean, that might confuse the hell. I can't out play of you. a zone out of the ten year old. There's no way to get the zone <laughs> worked out. <laughs> yeah, no drop some blitzes. Yeah, you fake the blitz on one side, you bring it from the other side. Yeah. You know, some audible, yeah. some some pre-snap reads. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Stuff. You can you can put guys in motion too. I mean, I may have I may have red seventy hot routes. I may have guys in motion. I mean, we we I don't know what we're gonna. We may just go full on. Maybe Scott Frost is available to be my coordinator. I don't know. Maybe I'll call him up. You need some trick plays. The barking dog play is always my favorite. You do that. I, I yeah. bet you it works. Yeah, it probably will work. Yeah, yeah. You can't <laughs> run. You also can't run like pick plays. I was really hoping to run a couple of pick plays. Yeah, you know, clear some guys out. But pigs in a blanket, um, Statue of Liberty. We got a whole, a whole bunch of places. A little giant, yeah. I'm basically going to watch the little giants in the annexation of Puerto Rico. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be the uh, the game winning play. But uh, anyway, you're not here for my flag, uh, flag football, uh, Mike. You're here for Gus. So anyway, here's Gus, who he was asked a lot about T. Will and Addison uh, Williams. Here's what Gus had to say when uh, when asked about that. No, no. I mean, he, he he's a guy that 
that has been waiting on this opportunity. And, you know, once T. Will, which I really appreciate T. Will, everything he's done for us the last two years, did a great job. We wish him nothing but the best, you know, as far as his next job. But, um, you know, once he decided to go, I mean, I knew exactly what I wanted to do and, uh, you know, very excited that, that he's ready uh, to do this. All right, Mike. So that was uh, Gus talking about T. Will and Addison Williams. A double translator there. What do you more translator than I know what to do with here? What what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on what Gus had to say? Uh well, I don't have to pay this guy that much. He's already on the staff. I can bump him up a little bit. I'm saving my money for a new offensive coordinator because I'm gonna need somebody with some big, good experience there. But uh, Addison's done a good job for me so far. You know, he he's a hard worker. And I trust him to take over this defense and do some things with it that maybe T. Will wasn't doing. I, I just like to throw away. Uh, by the way, I want to thank T. Will for everything he did, and you know, best of luck in his new position. It felt like a really interesting throwaway comment there, Mike. I, I don't know, man. I got conspiracy theory. Something's not. Something's not right there. Something. Something went haywire with with Gus and T. Will. I'm gonna die on that hill right now. There was some sort of a conflict there. If you ask me, towards the end. Um, and again, I, the rumors I was hearing from people I was talking to was Gus was, was really high on Aston Williams, um, that Gus had initially wanted to add him earlier, um, in a, in a more elevated capacity, but just based on the timing of when he was available and when T-Will was available, essentially T-Will kind of got there first. Um, but I think Gus has thought of him as a defensive coordinator for a long time, uh, and, uh, was just kind of waiting for that opportunity. So, um, I don't know, man. I think something, some, someone haywire there. But either way, um, Addison Williams, uh, coordinator Travis Williams. See you later. All right. Well, <laughs> let's see the bowl game. Remember in uh, 2013, going into the Fiesta Bowl, we lost our defensive coordinator too. And who, who was the guy's name? Uh, Tyson. Tyson Summers. Yeah. Tyson Summers coming and did a great job and, and and called a very good game against a very good Baylor offense. Um, let's see what. Addison Williams can do here in the bowl game against Duke. Maybe he's got some things up his sleeve. All right. Well, Gus was asked who's going to play in the bowl game. Like what are the, uh, who's coming in? Who's, who's playing? What's, what's the situation there? Here was Gus on bowl game and opt outs. Uh, as of right now, everybody's playing and all that. Obviously the guys that went in the portal, uh, they, they've moved on and all that, but man, our guys are locked in. They're ready to go. All right. Gus uh, <laughs> wants me to believe that the guys are locked in for the military bowl. Mike, do you believe him? Uh, no, <laughs> but, <laughs> but maybe. <laughs> I mean, okay. No, but maybe. Um, the guys on defense, you've got something to prove now. You got a new guy in charge. Obviously, he's been with the team all year. He knows the guys already. He knows what they're capable of. But it's always a little bit different now. When you got a new boss and you want to show something here. You got a, a chance to make an impression on, on Williams um, for next year. And, you know, offensively, the – you know, the offense was doing pretty good there at the end of the year. Well, not the Navy game, but <laughs> you're still putting up points and had some. It uh, wasn't great either, by the way. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm back, you know. <laughs> but yeah, Plumley was hurt. And now, if he's healthy, um, he's ready to go for this game. And uh, this is it, man. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Like Gus is saying all the right things. He's telling me that 10 wins are important, you know, that we, we need to have 10 wins. Not many teams have 10 wins. Plumley was saying the same thing, 10 wins, 10 wins, you know, a big time opponent. You know, you want to, you want to go out with it, with a, you know, a good taste in your mouth and, and with a good win. Uh, and I want to believe all that, Mike. Um, he's saying there's no opt outs. I, I, that's interesting. I mean, obviously we still have about a week or so to go, um, but 
you know, is Devon Wilson playing? I know he declared for the draft. Is he is he playing in this game? Um, you know, Bowser obviously probably wants some film. Seems like Sam Jackson's playing. Um, so maybe we have no opt-outs. I don't know, but I'm, I don't know how locked in uh, these guys are for the military bowl. I think it's nice coach speak. Uh, I hope we are locked in. I hope we play well. I hope we win the game, but I wouldn't be surprised if we get uh, we get it handed to us either. Um, Mike, there's a lot of new rules going on with recruiting. Gus was asked a little bit about the John Walker situation uh, and, uh, and John at practice. And uh, uh, Gus, not afraid to tell you he has no idea what the hell's going on. I don't know the rules right now as far as being able to comment and all that. So give me a pass on that. But I will say this, our, uh, this recruiting class is going to be really good and uh, real excited. And, you know, our coaches have worked extremely hard, and I think Wednesday is going to be a really good day. All right, so guys, look, look, bro, I have no idea what the rules are. I have no idea if this is legal. I don't know if you should be out here or not. What are you going to do? Uh, but by the way, our recruiting is going to be really good, Mike. I'm allowed to have this kid at practice, but I'm not allowed to say his name. What, yes. what kind of stupidity is this at the NCAA? <laughs> Perfect. And who even found out that he was allowed to practice? I, I, I doubt Gus uh, brought him in and said, hey, like, let's get this kid to practice. Somebody must have told him, hey, you know he's able to practice? This is a new rule? I, I don't know. It's a little weird, the, the whole situation we got going on. But Wednesday, be ready. I got that smirk on my face. He does have that smirk, yeah. It's going to be a good one. I got a couple tricks up my sleeve. I'm going to pull a couple more kids that you weren't expecting. He had that bleeping grin on his on his face. I'm like, in all in all seriousness, it's got to be like almost impossible to be a coach these days because I can imagine. I just put yourself in the shoes of Gus Malzahn, right? You, you're trying really hard. You walk out there and you're like, "Who's that? Who's 55? Oh, Walker's here. Walker? He can practice. Yeah, he can practice. Isn't a rule? Okay, sure. Like I don't know any better. Like there's no way Gus knows all these rules. He's relying on everybody else around him to tell him what he can do. He has no idea if he just broke like the world's biggest rule and just lost a recruit or not. He can't even say the guy's name. It's got to suck to be a coach with all these stupid rules with portal and contact periods and text messages and where kids are at, Mike. Because someone's probably like, yeah, Gus, it's cool. He can play. That's fine. What's Gus going to be like? No, you're lying to me. Like he's, he has no choice with the trustees people. It's got to be in, in just a, a nightmare of a job. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how it can even possibly be legal. The guy hasn't even signed. I don't either. Yeah. Like, like just, if he gets hurt, like what yeah, happens? Like you need sewers? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of liability things. I mean, just to play like 10U softball, you got to sign a waiver. About yes, this guy's going yeah. in and banging heads with other football players. Two days before he's even enrolled with the school, I, I mean, he's not taking classes yet, right? Obviously, I, I don't think so. I don't think he's semester. graduated. I don't. I don't. I mean, the school's out. There's no semester right now. There's nothing he can yeah. take. So he's not a student. I, I don't understand it. Like, can I just go practice? With yeah, I was gonna you? say, can you and I just head up there and be like, "Hey, Gus, like, if you need a long snapper, let me know. Like, can we just get in there? You think? I guess if we're willing <laughs> to risk ourselves, hmm. um, maybe that could be something. We can do in the future. I mean, not me, yeah. but, but maybe charge on XYZ and one of their their new uh, fan experiences. Just go <laughs> practice with them, guy. Why not? Just sign a waiver. You know, you're the backup kicker. You know, how hard could it be? Oh yeah, see, kicker. I could do the. I can do a practice as a kicker and just start. You know, try to kick a few fuel goals. And uh, I think Matthew Wright told us and, and Barnes too. Like you know, they're basically on their own during practice. <laughs> you know, it's kind of just up to them to to get their work in. But I'm not. Uh, I'm not going up on the offensive line trying to trying to block anybody or anything like that. I think you know. I think the scariest thing I think would be uh, trying to return punts. Yeah, exactly. all those guys just screaming down on you, and you got to throw your hand in there and try to catch that thing and not get your head knocked off. That's that's one spot I wasn't no part of. No, hey, you would be fair catching everything. 
Right. I, I would just be running out of bounds. <laughs> I wouldn't even go anywhere. I mean, just, I'll just take all the touchbacks. I wouldn't even bother to try to enter, entertain the ball. I can do kickoffs. I feel like that's a pretty safe one. Just throw a hand in the air, put a knee in the ground. Just do that thing where you put your arms out because it's in the end zone. I feel like I can handle that one. Yeah. And then with the punts, too, you call a fair catch. You have no intention of even catching it. And you go lay a hit on somebody coming down. That, I could, I could do that. Well, you know what? Yeah, you probably get knocked out trying to do that, Mike. All right. Uh, last one from Gus. Again, uh, he, he talked about play calling. Uh, Brandon uh, did a nice job kind of setting this one up. And here's Gus's long-winded answer, Mike, on his uh, thoughts on the offensive coordinator and uh, and calling plays. Uh, yeah, just to be completely transparent with you, I mean, being a head coach this day and time in college football with the portal, the NIL, the fundraising, everything, that that's a challenge. And, uh, you know, even – my coaches, um, you know, around college football, I think all head coaches that call plays are feeling that way. So we're working through that, um, you know, and we'll, we'll see where that goes. And once I name a guy and announce and all that, I'll make sure and be very specific in those areas. But make no mistake, it's a huge challenge. All right, Mike, we went from just a, just a, a year ago, I'm calling plays the rest of my career to, you know, it's a huge challenge to do all this stuff, Mike. Uh, what do you make of Gus's comments there on uh, offensive coordinators and play calling? Uh, I'm not allowed to call plays anymore, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted to call plays for the rest of my life, and it doesn't look like it's happening anymore. I kind of blew it there with the Navy game. Um, it's all, you know, it's all on me. Um, I have myself to blame for it, but I'm going to find somebody that can come in here and do a good job for us. Uh, and he's going to run basically what I tell him to run anyway. So, um, you know, it'll all be okay. Yeah. I think that's probably the one myth is the system is probably going to be pretty identical, if not the exact same system that Gus is used to running. Right. What you may see is just, you may not see the midfield, you know, double, triple reverse pass, you know, situation. We may not see us flare out the left tackle uh, on the goal line for a touchdown, the fade throw or stuff like that. You may see uh, some of the Gus wackiness maybe go away, or you may get even double the wackiness. Like who, who knows who Gus can bring in and what kind of wacky uh, that'll be. But I imagine to your point, the system will be probably pretty similar um, in terms of at least what, you know, what we want to run and what kind of offense we're running. Yeah, I, I mean, he's going to find somebody that's going to do what he wants to, to be done. So uh, he's still the boss. He's still in charge of everything. And if it comes down to a, a you know crunch time and he wants a, a specific play to be run, he's going to let the guy know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a thousand percent, Mike. So that's the Gus Malzahn translator, uh, and good to have Gus back. I think we have maybe one more press availability with him next week, Mike, so we can dust that off as well. Um, really quickly, I know we tried this idea, never get off the ground. Christmas gifts, Christmas around the corner, Mike. I know you had a couple. Do you have any any gift ideas for some of your uh, UCF Knights uh, athletes and, and coaches and staffers? I know you you said you had a couple. I got zero to, to participate with here, but I'm going to give you the opportunity. If you, I know you've put some hard work and effort in this, Mike. What 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 gifts do you have uh, for UCF uh, athletes, coaches, staff, all that stuff? I don't know how hard of work I put in. I just <laughs> came up with a couple things here. It was not an easy homework assignment you gave me, but uh, I tried a I little apologize. bit. The first one we were just talking about it, Gus Malzahn. Again, I was going to get him an offensive coordinator, Ryan Schneider. Oh, okay. let's do it, baby. I've been talking about it last week. I know for a fact wheels are in motion. I, I talked to Schneider. Um, he Gus actually 
texted Schneider congratulations right after he won the uh, state championship. Oh, Mike's breaking some news now. I thought I was breaking news the night. Mike's got some inside info. I've heard from Schneider that he got texts from Malzahn and Mike Norvell congratulating oh. him on the uh, the state championship. Oh, no. We don't need that. I, I told Schneider uh, the day Lindsay left, I was like, yo, there's an opening. You know, <laughs> see, see what you can do. He said, Gus has my number. And I said, well, you know, now's a good time. Maybe send him a Christmas card. Get, get mm. you. Don't let him sure. forget about you. You know, say hi. And then I'm pretty sure. And then Schneider, I, I do believe, sent him a text just to say hi and, you know, make sure he knows he's available. So let's okay. see if that can get done. Okay. Okay. All right. So Ryan Schneider is uh, getting gift wrapped. All right. I like it. <laughs> um, how about this? John Rice Plumley. I've got, I don't know if he, does, I mean, obviously he does this on purpose, but some, some eye black because he doesn't seem to have enough. Mm. Yeah. You know, he only has enough for one eye. Yeah. I think he needs to, maybe he's, you know, just, you know, rationing the eye black. But if I get him some more of it, you think he could put it under both eyes? Cause I, what, what do you think about that whole look he's got going on there? I think that, that that must be some obviously it's a thing, right? He's doing it for for purpose. I don't know what that is to go under one eye or not. I'm sure there's something with that. Uh he's a religious guy. I don't know if there's a religious element of the the left eye or not. Is it a cross he uses? It's just the you know, the, the the face paint stuff's getting out of control. But yes, maybe he does, maybe he's out. Maybe he's trying to ration the uh the face paint. <laughs> I, I think it looks a little silly. Um put it under both eyes or don't put it under any, right? All right, fair enough. Uh, who else we got here? You know, Javon Baker and Kobe Hudson for both of them. A new touchdown celebration. You seen the things that they do after the touchdowns? Are, it looks like they're shooting up the crowd with an AK 47, if you ask me. Uh, I don't know what the, the handshake thing is, but then they do one of these things. And uh, in today's day and age, I don't know if that's uh, the, the brightest thing to do. So maybe come up with something else for these two, two guys to uh, do after a touchdown. I Googled why do people put um, eye black only under one eye um, in the left eye, and someone said it's a tribute to Lisa Left Eye Lopez. I don't think that's why JRP <laughs> does that, though. You don't think he's a TLC fan? I don't think so. <laughs> uh, well, it's definitely not to keep the sun out of his eyes. If you're only doing it for one eye, why would you do it for both? Yeah, that's okay. That's fair. All right, so I got uh, Baker and Hudson. Who else we got here? I got Johnny Dawkins. Um, some new excuses for conference play this year. Oh boy, jeez! Because you know we've already used the same ones over and over again—the injuries and COVID—and uh, what was last year's excuse? I forget. But yeah, he needs a couple new ones just in case. In case things go south here during conference play, he needs a fresh excuse for this team. Okay, okay. And uh, my final one here: Terry Mohajer. Oh, an eight-track tape player, so mm. he can play all his old. Favorite old uh, records there. The all these with the goodies, huh? Okay. Yeah. So I'm sure he's got some of those laying around that he he needs a player for him, and uh, that's a big about all I got. All right, Michael. I've got a fun game for you here. Uh, I mean, we we do our games uh, from from time to time, Mike. I've got a fun one, a holiday themed game for you. It's pretty easy. Naughty or nice? Gonna name for you a member of the UCF athletics family staff community here, and you tell me if this person's been naughty or nice this year, All right? So you are your your Mike Santa Claus at this one. Uh, you get to you get to be the official arbiter of these people have been naughty or nice. So you are the, your fate. Their fate is in your hands here. So no pressure, Mike. Here you go. You ready for some naughty or nice guys? Here we go. Sure. Terry Mohajer, naughty or nice? 
Oof. Um, He's had an interesting year, Mike. Now, this is just calendar yeah. year. This is from Christmas to Christmas, right? So trying to decide if we want to get him a gift. Has he been naughty or nice? Santa needs to know. All right. What has, has he done this year? I mean, the oh, big What has he done this year? Interesting. Yeah. Has he done anything? Year. Huh? Has he done anything? Has he, has he, has he done <laughs> I'm enough? To, I'm trying to see. Um, I'll say naughty, I guess, because, Ooh. you know, we, we, we had the issues in the stadium with, you know, you there. Which game was it? Was it the Cincinnati, was it the Cincinnati game? game? Yeah. yeah. Cincinnati, Cincinnati game. I didn't have any booze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They ran out of uh, vendors up there at the top of the cabana for us. Right. Um, what else? We still have the issue with with the music that uh, yeah. not everybody's yeah. too happy about. Um, the lighting. People seem to not like the lighting. He says it's fine, but people seem to not like the lighting. Mike, <laughs> saying we don't have any money. He keeps saying we're broke. We're poverty. We need all this money. I mean, maybe we do. We actually probably do. Yeah, and I'm yeah. trying to think of what actually he's gotten done this year hasn't fired any coaches i mean all the coaches even though all the ones you put in the hot seat are still around mike no no coach changes on 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 his watch yeah the big 12 I mean, he kind of pissed off coach abe on the way out i don't know <laughs> wait a minute the big 12 stuff was before this season we got uh, accepted. yes was in theory yeah all right so there's that i mean he was already on third base he admitted it himself um i don't know what else is <laughs> maybe in maybe inaction is your answer, Mike? Maybe the, the the lack of tangible actions is maybe what makes him naughty. I don't know. Yeah, he put out the renderings that we were going to do for the stadium, and then a couple months later it says, you know, J- JK, yeah, I'm, just I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm going to reevaluate the whole thing, and so we really have no plan there. Supply chain, Mike. Supply chain's not been his friend this year. We can't get any merch. Yeah, I mean the uniform. Or Jimmy Skiles is getting killed. Um, the basketball team just got their uniforms like 10 games into the season. They were playing with yeah. some backup uniforms. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think I like better, by the way. Yeah, I like those uniforms. They look nice. Yeah. So, um, all right. Give them a naughty then. Okay. Have an opinion? Um, yeah, I, I think it's in action. He hasn't really done much this year. I would have liked to have seen something. There's, there's no signature Timo like local. We kind of did. Um, you know, item this year. I think I need something big out of Timo. I don't. I haven't seen it yet, so I, I'm going to go naughty because I, I don't know what nice could be on this one. So mm-hmm. naughty. Johnny Dawkins, naughty or nice? So far in this calendar year, that means you got to yeah. count last season. You got to count it. Yep. Well then, I mean, he's got to be naughty. I think. Oh no, he, he's start, He's he's moving over into the nice list. I mean this. This season has gotten off to a pretty decent start. So don't lose to Stetson on Wednesday. Do not lose that game. <laughs> that, that's that's going to be the tipping point? Yeah. If he beats Stetson, he goes to the nice list? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. All right. No, no pressure, Johnny. No if pressure. If he loses that, he's definitely not on the nice list. I'll tell you that. <laughs> okay. What if I told you, though, Mike? I mean, listen, the, you know, he had a lot of guys come back last year that he wasn't expecting. Um, you know, some of those guys – uh, probably weren't the best team fit chemistry wise. He had to kind of put it all together. Um, you know, team imploded. He got rid of all those guys. Obviously they left on their own. You know, maybe he told someone to get out of here. He goes to the portal, gets a bunch of names of guys that you and I had never heard of that. We were like, who the hell are these guys? And we're an eight, three basketball team, you know, beating some, some pretty big teams out there, Mike. So maybe just, maybe he knew all along what he was doing and was just forced and saddled with, having to do with last year's squad but now that he kind of unearthed themselves of all of that he's got the team he wants and he's rocking and rolling like maybe he's nice 
What do you mean he was forced to deal with those guys? He brought all those guys in too. Those were his players. Right? Why don't they come back though? He, I don't think he expected <laughs> they were coming back. I don't think Mayhan and Perry were, were expecting to come back. By the way, I looked up um um what's his name? Um Isaiah Adams stats the other day. He's averaging like eight points a game for Buffalo. Just fun fact. All right. Remember him? Uh, kind of. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Johnny <laughs> Dawkins naughty. Okay. Um John Rice Plumley. Ooh, this is a tough one. That's a tough. He's a warrior. He's a champion, Mike. He had half a hamstring out there. Yes, that's true. But he had a couple. Uh... You wish your daughter would bring home a guy like John Rice Pumley. You and I both know it. Well, yeah. Handsome son of a bitch. Well, I mean, he's way too old for her, my daughter. She's only well, 10. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I'll get, I put him nice. He, he, okay. he had a okay. nice season. You know, it wasn't perfect. Um, but player of the week a couple times this year. Uh, but there's some games out there that I would like to have back. That Louisville game still doesn't sit well with me. He couldn't throw the ball at all in that game. Um, the Cincinnati game, we only won because uh, Keen came in. He wasn't playing great in that game. Um, but he did show up in the, t- in the championship game, at least tried to fight it out, an injury there, and, you know, is a team player. But uh, – it's borderline for me. It's borderline because wow. I, I like him. Wow. So now that I'm looking back on the season, man, that Louisville game really sucked. The Navy game, what, what the hell were we doing there? He had there? a bad arm. He had a bad arm, Mike. He was injured. Remember, he couldn't throw the Hail Mary. He could have run. They, he ran the ball three times. He had times. a bad hamstring. He had a bad hamstring. He couldn't run either. He's <sighs> got a lot uh, of eye black. Yeah, the eye black, is not, it doesn't look good. Uh, He's a baseball player, too. Let's we'll see what he does ready. on the baseball field. Sharpen it up that swing. Let's we'll see what he does on the baseball. Maybe he's a hell of a center fielder and, and he's got some power out there. I don't know. That seems unlikely. You don't think he's got pop? I think he's. I've seen some no. videos of him any home runs. I mean, it, it, you give me over under JRP home runs this year. Eight and a half. Take. I'm taking the under. Well, eight and a half is a good amount of home runs. Fine. Five and a half. Taking the under. <laughs> um. Okay, that'd be an interesting bet. <laughs> All right. Book it in right now. J- JP Gilbert's with me on the under. I know that. Actually, he probably wants him to hit over just because he wants him to be a baseball player. He's <laughs> <laughs> probably opening as like a th- 30 for 30 season right here. What do you think? He's not or he's nice? I'm going to go nice. I'm going to go nice. I think the kid came in, did everything he was asked to do. Um, obviously, the quarterback stuff got out of hand. I don't think it was any of his fault, right? He came in just to compete for the job. They gave it to him. He's going to try to his best. Um, certainly, he didn't play great in every game, but Mikey Keene didn't play great at every game either. Not very few quarterbacks went out there every year, uh, every game this year, and, and played their their hearts out. Kid, you know, played when we asked him to play. Played through some injuries from time, um, a couple concussions, obviously that we know of. Um, you know, seems like a nice enough guy off the off the field as well. Um, he didn't do anything personally, I think, to to really disrupt the team. I think he's just trying to play and, and be a good you know, be a good teammate. So I'm gonna go nice. It's it's close. I, I, this isn't a slam dunk, but I don't I don't think he did anything malicious this year. I don't think he did anything. Um, you know, he's the quarterback he is, and and you know when when he's rolling, we love him, right? When he's putting up seventy and he's running for a million yards against Tulane the first game and the cows, we love him. So I'm gonna go nice. Yeah, but what's his biggest? His biggest win was that Tulane game on the road, right? Yeah, yeah. Because like I said, he did not win the Cincinnati game. He didn't win the cow game. Turns out, I mean, even though he had a great first half. Yeah. We needed Mikey to come in and win the game at the end. Um, he lost in the Louisville game. Dude. East Carolina was no good. Navy was horrible. I mean, they, they took our signs, Mike. I mean, come on. <laughs> uh, 
You're back to naughty, aren't you? You're going naughty on JRP, aren't you? I don't want to, but you're going to. All right. I might have to. Son of a bitch. Okay, here we go. Travis Williams. Naughty or nice? <sighs> well, he's out of here now. <laughs> he's he's gone. He's out of here. Him. All right. The defense obviously took a step back this year. Um, especially there late in the season. We couldn't seem to stop anybody. East Carolina game was disgusting. Um, the, the Tulane championship game was no good. We couldn't tackle anybody. They were running for 50, 60 yard touchdowns every time I turned, looked up at the screen. So, uh, and now he's no longer with us. So, how can he be nice? He's got to be naughty. Yeah, this is a slam dunk naughty. Obviously, the end of the year unravels pretty poorly. Uh, he leaves here, um, you know, a week before signing day, which it is what it is. Takes, you know, probably takes a couple of kids with him. Um, so T will easy on the naughty Mike. I got a couple of tough ones for you here. Here, here comes a tough stretch for you. McKenna Melville. What's so tough about that? She's nice. She's the best player we've ever had in women's the regular season. <laughs> There's only so much she can do. I mean, I, I you want me to lie and tell you I've seen any of the games? <laughs> I have no I idea. Don't, I don't. That's why this is interesting for. Me. I'm curious to see where you go in McKenna Melville. I mean, the most decorated uh, women's volleyball player we've ever had. Yeah, no, I, I gotta say, nice. Now okay. it's a team sport. It, they couldn't get past the uh, second round. Is it all her fault? I have no idea. I, I didn't watch one second. Was there a play in that game that she she messed up and cost us the game? That that I don't know about. I uh, know. I don't know. I don't think she did anything uh, individually. There wasn't a major gaffe or anything like that. No. All right. So uh, I'll give her a nice. She's on the nice list. All right. No, oh, good for her. All right. Here we go. Ryan O'Keefe. Ooh, Ryan O'Keefe. You know, anytime a guy leaves, yeah. I don't like it. No, nope. I don't like it one bit. No but he—he he is. He's leaving as a grad transfer, right? He's. Technically, he has graduated, yes. He's taking his football talents to the powerhouse that is Boston College. Yeah, that makes it a little bit different. He's going to Boston College. It's not like he's leaving us to go to the Gators or Florida State or something like that. He's going to Boston College, which who's the last player even come out of Boston College you even recognize? Matt Ryan? <laughs> How long has it been? Um, Mark Herzlich, the, the, the Giants guy. Didn't he play for the Giants? Yeah. Um, they have a Hasselback. I think one of the Hasselbacks went there too. Yeah, I didn't think. I forget Damn. all about Boston College when it comes to football. Really, for the last Luke Keekly, Luke Keekly. Yeah, that's ten years ago now. <laughs> More than that, yes. <laughs> it was 2011 when we played them in, in Orlando. Um, so, uh, a decent season out of him wasn't. Last year was his best year, right? Mm-hmm. This year wasn't as good. That's not really yes. all his fault. Yeah. Uh, most he was of like an exclusive jet sweep guy, Mike. I mean, he wants yeah. to be a receiver. He was all jet sweep. He was my he was my flag football team. He was all jet sweeps. Yeah. And he gets credit for those being receiving yards, but we all know damn well those are rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, had some drops this year, Mike. He had the drop season here from time to time. Yeah. I'll still give him nice. I think he – did he lead the team in receiving yards? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. I have to look. Top two. In there. Isn't yeah, he's probably it's either him or Baker, yeah. Right. All right. You know, this is a not just a yearly thing for O'Keefe. So I'm going to lifetime achievement him in okay. and give him a nice because of what he's done over his okay. four years here. All right. Give me an easy one here. Isaiah Bowser. 
Is it easy? Uh, yeah, no, no, what, what, what did he do wrong? No, he didn't do anything wrong. He wasn't they, that they throw him in there for the off. wild Bowser. He puts his leg up and he runs it in for three yards every time. What do you do? Yeah, the wild Bowser was very successful. I will, I will say that. I do, that was basically a free touchdown every time we went to it down close to the goal line. Um, but not the year that we thought he was going to have, I don't think, coming in. It was still a pretty good season. Um, he didn't really get hurt this year as much. Like last year, he, he suffered through some injuries. I think maybe doing that yoga stuff helped him out, a little more flexible this year. Um, R.J. Harvey came on and maybe gave him some more rest, too, because Harvey had a good season. Um, all right, I'll give Bowser a nice. And you know what? All He's right. going to cap it off with a bowl game, nice performance in a bowl game, like he did against Florida last year. That was his best game of the year last year. The Boise State game and the boy and the Florida game last year, the first and last game of the season. He's got to end this year on, on a big note here. Two touchdowns against Duke, maybe a game winner, something like that, 80 yards. Did he break 100 yards at all in any game this year, though? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. No. So I would like to see one of those performances out of him from his last game. All right. I like when Mike is nice. All right. Here we go. Chip Lindsey. Uh, another guy that's not here anymore. <laughs> so I don't like that, even though, I, I, to be honest, I don't even know what Chip Lindsey was doing while he was, <laughs> while he was here. He didn't Fair call enough, plays. Yeah. No. Um, I'm sure he had some kind of input in the offense, but <laughs> presumably you would think, or at least in practice, um, give him a naughty just for not sticking around. All right. All right. Let's stay on that same theme, Mike. Jeremiah Jean Baptiste. Uh, he is committed to Ole Miss now. He was obviously, um, I believe he's a grad transfer. I think he graduated from UCF. Uh, he walked on senior day, um, committed to play linebacker for Ole Miss. I'm going to go naughty on him too. I mean, okay. once a night is no longer a night. Wasn't the best linebacker on the team this year. Jason, Jason Johnson. Johnson, come on down. Yeah. Not even close. I mean, I doubled them up in tackles. Um, so, and he doesn't want to be here anymore when, you know, you would think he have a starting spot next year if he wanted it to come back here. Going into the Big 12, you know, you've been here for the last few years. You have a chance to move this program into the Big 12 the first year, see where it goes, and decides to go somewhere else. I mean, presumably because somebody's giving him a bag of money, you would think. I mean, why else that would is he be the thinking? Yep, that would be the thinking. Um, so I'll give him a naughty for, for dipping out on the team. Greg Lovelady. Greg Lovelady. <laughs> what has he done? The season hasn't even started. Greg Lovelady. Yeah, I go back to last year. I don't even remember. Yeah, I to last year, we lost some guys after the season. I mean, did we compete? Did we play as well? We had a lot of injuries, Mike. A lot of guys went down, you know, trying to reload the team. We just lost a pitching coach, apparently, to, to Boston, uh, the Red Sox system or something. This make Greg it or Lovelady. break it for Lovelady this year? I mean, the successes haven't really been coming fast and furious. So you would think at some point you, you need to see that upward trajectory, right? We got we got to make it into the, the regional tournament at least. Um, hmm. It's hard for me to give this guy any kind of grade. I haven't seen him do anything in the last six months. I've completely forgotten about him. Hmm. What um, does that tell you, though? What does that tell you, Mike? Yeah. I mean, but I, I mean, I never really think about the baseball team at all <laughs> until baseball season starts. So I don't know. I don't know what kind of recruiting class he's brought in. Yeah. Um, What's that? What's it? If you that you don't know, Mike. I mean, if but, it was good, you know about it. Uh, we did lose. How many guys did get drafted last year? Right, 
left and it shows that maybe we should have had a better record than we actually did but then again some of those guys were injured too a lot of injuries yeah yeah so um give me a just give him a naughty i guess because he didn't we didn't get to the regionals last year yeah yeah fair enough uh here i'll give you an easy one to to cleanse the palate here alec holler alec holler is easy easy nice that's probably the easiest one you got there uh done everything you've asked for him Made some big plays, obviously, in the catch there in Tampa. Uh, seals the deal for him. Mikey Keene. Oh, Mikey Keene. You already know my feelings on Mikey. I loved him I so much, too. He was. No, you did. Handsome yeah. son of a bitch. You saw that. Hold on. I know you saw that clip over the weekend where he, he looks in the camera at the tunnel of Cincinnati and says, on the, on the slight chance I get in, I'm going to bleep him up, Mike. Uh, and he got in, and he I don't know if he bleeped him up, but we at least win the game. Mikey was confident. He was ready to go. He wanted his uh, – what he wanted his lick back, I think he said. Mm-hmm. Um, Mikey got his lick back, Mike. He's a handsome son of a bitch. I know you – you know he's got that headband thing working for him. Won a bunch of games. True freshman. Uh, that doesn't count, although he has the Gators game maybe counts. That was, no, that was before Christmas last year. So, I don't know. What you're gonna do here? Naughty or nice? No, he's naughty, dude. I mean, uh, he, he did everything right. His the whole season didn't complain. Did what he was asked. Came in and won some big games for us the whole year. I would have said nice until the very end when he decided yeah. not to. One put moment. The- one one moment just breaks it all apart for you. All the goodwill, all the lickbacks he was getting, all the effing people up he was doing. That one decision it just ruins it all for you. That's right. I mean, the trophy's on the line. All the marbles. This is what we played for. The conference championship Mm -hmm. did not show up, did not want to play. He's got to be naughty for that. And we still have not heard where Mikey's next destination will be. So um, I think there was an article posted someplace, or I read someplace, uh, Cincinnati was looking at him. Um, Cincinnati. Um, I think we're looking at him, and uh, there was one other school I forget. Wait, but the two options for Mikey Keene are Cincinnati and the Cows. I'm just saying those are two options that I I heard were uh, had contacted him. So imagine if we have to play him next year at Cincinnati, and then well, he, he gets his lick back against us. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what a disaster that would be. Uh, <clears throat> he, he he needs his lick back. Like he got to get him his, his his lick back. All right, and the last one for you. Gustavo, Arthur, Malzahn, naughty or nice? Ah, man. Gus, Gus, Gus. You know, before the season started, we said a, a thousand times, get to the conference championship game. Mm-hmm. We did that. You did. We didn't win it. We got yeah. us there. The season is a decent season. Nine Could've wins right now? Season. Yeah, could have been a good one if we won that championship game. We'd be Quarterback like, stuff all year, though, Mike. It was all yeah. over the all year long from moment one, you know? Yep. Yeah. Um, Kicker, hmm. I mean, he could have gone to Boomer a little bit sooner. Maybe that cost us the Louisville game. Clearly stubborn on some play calls, so much so that he got called into the dad's office and got yelled at. Uh, I mean, you know, recruiting, how's that really working out? Maybe piss off the coordinator. I don't know. I'm just asking questions here, Mike. The Navy game. The Navy, Navy. game. Two years in a row now. Two years in a row. Kenny Matalolo put him in a clown suit. <laughs> Losing to big under. What were we favored in that game? Like 17 points? Yeah. Oh, yeah. At home? Yeah. Clown suit. Stitched it right on him. Niamatololo just got the got the thread and the and the whatever the needle and just stitched it right on Gus. Cost us a chance to have Red a knows. home championship game. 
Yeah. Um, you know, the East Carolina game, the whole debacle with the the uh, playbook being yeah. stolen, maybe. Mm-hmm. Pissing somebody off, apparently. Yeah, pissing off mm-hmm. a GA. Maybe Gus has – maybe maybe people don't like Gus, Mike. Maybe he's pissing people off, you know? T-Will's mad at him. Maybe Chip was mad at him. Mikey clearly doesn't like him. <laughs> what are you saying? We got to get a new coach? Is that what you're saying? I'm just, I'm just asking if he's naughty or nice. That's all. I'm just trying to, you know, trying to get a read on mm. if Gus needs his lick back or not. Man, too bad the bowl game is after Christmas. We decided mm. this thing. He's fired up for it, though. He told you he's going to get a recruiting class. He still got a couple of days. He looked you dead in the camera there, and he smiled with that with that grin and said, "Recruiting's really good, Mike. He's ready to go." <laughs> I don't know. Ah, oh, man. You know what? Yeah. Hear me. Naughty. Oh no, God, naughty. naughty. We lose two home games this year. Okay. It, that's something that can't happen. The home field was supposed to be our thing, and now it's not our thing anymore. I mean, we, we're losing to Louisville in a game we should have won. We lose to Navy in a game we're favored by 17 points. Yeah. Uh, we, we blew a chance of having college game day on campus with the East Carolina debacle. Just straight blew it. We didn't show up in the championship game, and now we're going to play Duke in the military who gives a crap bowl. So mm-hmm. it's the official name. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a it's not a good season. It's a okay, okay. season. Right, so you're like scoring at home. There, go ahead. Yeah. We win this game where we get ten wins and we finish in the top twenty five. Does it does it then turn to nice or no? He could. I mean he could. I don't know. I gotta see something more, I guess. Okay, well, if you're scoring at home, this is your official standings on what you should do with Naughty or Nice. Um, from uh, from Mike, the nice is McKenna Melville, Isaiah Bowser, John Rice Plumley, uh, Alec Holler, and Ryan O'Keefe. That's your nice. Feel free to get those Probably folks gifts. That... <laughs> the naughties, Gus Malzahn, T-Will, Timo, Greg Lovelady, Johnny Dawkins, Mikey Keene, Chip Lindsay, Jeremiah Jean Baptiste. That's your official UCF Mike holiday edition of Naughty or Nice. I think I think I nailed it. I'm pretty sure I nailed it on that. One. I'm not saying you didn't. I mean, well, I, I was I was just trying to give you some conversation to talk about. You know, I think you did a good job. Plumley, I'm not sure of. He's right oh, on wow. that borderline there. Oh no, yeah, but okay. I do like him. I like him as a person. Seems like a nice kid. Seems like a really nice kid. Um, all right, well, we'll find out all this stuff. I, Mike really wants to wait for the bowl game. We'll see if we can give him an exemption uh, to check out the bowl game. By the way, if you're going to do bowl game stuff, Mike, uh, go to Prize Picks. Uh, promo code is Suns12. You get a deposit match up to uh, 100 bucks. Um, uh, so if you do 100 bucks, they'll put 100 bucks in you, 200 bucks. Gamble your little head off here with prize picks over unders. You got, um, you got fantasy points. Uh, this is, a, uh, you know, this is prime time for everybody out there looking to have a little action, looking to have a little fun, Mike. Uh, so many prop bets available to you. I think there's games on pretty much every day from here until. Uh, what the second or third of some point between college, between college basketball, between NFL, um, a full slate of games on Christmas Eve. So get the prize picks again. If you haven't already signed up yet, Suns 12. Uh, now's now's perfect time. Make a little scratch before holiday time. You still got like six days. Get get some get some scratch together. Um, you know, make a quick deposit, quick withdrawal. Get yourself uh, something nice. Get a lady friend of yours something nice. Again, uh, prize picks. Download the app. Available whatever you do apps. Uh, highly rated app, Suns 12, deposit match 100% up to $100. Do that now before the holiday time and while you still have some bowl games to uh, to consider. But let's take a break, Mike. We'll uh, uh, we'll, we'll come back. I got Cow of the Week on tap here, and uh, and we'll get the hell out of here. It's uh, it's the Suns UCF. We're brought to you by Gordon and, and Partners. 
Okay, sons of UCF, both of you, you are the father. Time for Cow of the Week, Mike. Uh, we wrap every show with the uh, Cow of the Week segment. We make fun of somebody or something that did something uh, funny, made his laugh, something idiotic, um, something that just just plain makes you scratch your head. Mike, you always lead off for Cow of the Week. I'm going to let you lead off uh, on this one as well. Um, I think you actually have a cow this week, which is uh, atypical for this segment. But uh, who you got, Mike? Cow of the Week. Yeah, I do have one this week. Uh, it was an easy one for me. I love doing it when it's the teams I hate the most. And this week, the Florida Gators. Welcome to the Cow of the Week segment. <sighs> Played a bowl game this past Saturday against Oregon State. Great. Got their asses kicked. Ah. They were down 30 to nothing in the fourth quarter. And with 37 seconds left on the clock, kick the field goal. Mm. Kick the field goal to Mm -hmm. not get shut out. They have the longest streak, active streak right now of um, scoring points in a game. I think it's like 436 games, which (laughs) how many years does that go back? Actually, they should have got shut out in this game. Um, You don't kick a field goal down. 30 with 37 seconds. <laughs> I mean, that you're not trying to win the game, obviously. You're only trying to do one thing is just not have that zero there. Um, Billy Napier, not a good first season for him. You know, barely made a bowl game, six and seven, to play in a game 10 days before Christmas or whatever it was. Um, just not a good look for these guys. But you know what? I kind of hope they keep this streak going just a little bit longer. And we get to shut them out in the swamp in 2024. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I have no idea if Billy's turning that stuff around. I mean, obviously, if they're freaking out, they're losing commits here and there. Um, you know, they're they're certainly um, you know having uh, a tough go of it on on the quarterback trail. Anthony Richardson leaves. Uh, their backup quarterback, I think, is still in jail, uh, which is never a good place for your backup quarterback to be. Uh, and they're trying to bring in, I think they're bringing in the Rashada kid, but uh, he's going to be a true freshman. Who knows? It could be a while in Gainesville, Mike, before they get it figured out. Right now, Florida State really is probably the only program in, in Florida outside of us that looks like they have anything close to their, their crap together at this point, right? I mean, Miami's trying all over the place. That they just Devontae Brown, who uh, obviously played at UCF, committed there tonight, so he's going to be going to Miami, um, Mike. But Florida and Miami, ugh, it's like a race for who can be more, uh, you know, more inept at this point. Yeah, they've both been terrible, but they're both supposedly having good recruiting classes coming in. Um, let's see if these yes. coaches are actually the guy. You'd think Billy Napier is the guy in Florida that's going to turn it around, or he's just another guy in line of Will Muschamp and um, who was the other, the Shark Humper? What was his name? <laughs> Jim McElwain. Jim McElwain. Uh, it's been a while uh, for the Gators. Dan now. Mullen. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, I mean, if you're a Gator fan, which I'm not, and I did not follow them really closely, but what do you have that you're excited about? Like, what did he do this year? We're like, ah, you know what? I see it. Like, I don't know what that is. So no. uh, at this point, I think you got to put him in that same category as the shark humper. <laughs> yeah. And Mario down in Miami hasn't got it off to a very good start either. Um, which one of those two teams gets it figured it out first? I'm going to go with Miami just because you we know transparently what their NIL situation is and they're not afraid to pay guys and they're clearly um, open. I mean, they're paying like $800,000 for a shooting guard. So I can imagine that what they'd be willing to pay for an actual quality football player. So I assume Miami just because I think that they probably have more money to throw around. 
And they play in an easier conference. I mean, <laughs> also true. Yeah. You can play, you can, Florida is not going to catch Georgia for a while. Georgia has built up a pretty sizable lead on everybody. Tennessee's actually not all of a sudden. Yeah. Can Hypel figure that out for a while? I don't know. Yeah. They were always, you know, top two in the East. Now they're at least third or fourth. I mean, Kentucky has been pretty solid the last couple of years. Um, South Carolina at the end of this season started getting their act together. They, they, they blew out Tennessee and they had another big win against Clemson there at the end. Um, the Gators are battling it out with Vanderbilt now, and they lost to Vanderbilt this year too. They did. They, did. they, they may be the worst team in that, in that division in the East of the SEC. They got a long way to go. Miami, you would think, you know, could start beating teams like Pittsburgh and Virginia Tech and Louisville. I mean, those teams are not great or anything, so they don't they don't have as far to go, I would think. Um, but I hope they both suck for a long time. You may just get your wish, Mike. Um, Cal of the Week for me, uh, another easy one. Uh, the New England Patriots, Mike. What in the hell were they doing? They have a tie ball game with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, handoff to Ramondre Stevenson, basically running the clock out. It's like like three seconds left. They're not in field goal range. He just falls down. This thing goes to overtime, and you keep playing. He decides to get you involved in a little game of pitchy pitchy woo woo. Mike turns around, throws the thing to Jacoby Myers, who uh, runs another thirty yards in the other direction. Sees a wide open Mac Jones. And for some reason, it's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to throw it to him. Throws this thing up. Chandler Jones comes out of nowhere, picks it off, takes it back for a touchdown. And the uh, the Patriots lose on a game where if they just fallen in bounds, gone to overtime, you never know what could happen. Uh, but Chandler Jones picks it off. Mac Jones looked like he was trying to take a charge. I don't think he was actually trying to make a tackle. I think he thought he was in the wrong sport. He was trying to draw a charge there. That didn't work out, Mike. The dumbest ending to a football game I've seen in my entire life. <laughs> my favorite part was the stiff arm. He just threw him <laughs> to the ground. Like a child, yes, uh, and ran straight to the end zone. Was he still behind the line of scrimmage, Mac Jones? Like, if he had caught that, he didn't already. He, it was a running play, so he actually yeah. ran with the ball. Yeah, if he threw it back to him, and he's behind the line. He could still throw it again, right? It'd be like a flea flicker, just a, a really long. I don't think so. I think once they cross the, that's a great. I I suspect not in my head that logically, I see where you go with that, but I feel like there's some reason why he couldn't throw that again. So when you run a flea flicker, your running back can't cross the line scrimmage. I think you can, and then I don't think you can. Yeah, I don't think because then the hook and ladder, like you just have the quarterback follow the receiver down the field. I mean, grab the lateral and just chuck it at that point, right? So behind the line of scrimmage, I don't think he can throw that again. That's a great question. Yeah, no, I'm saying the quarterback obviously has to be behind the line of scrimmage when he throws. I don't think he can throw that again. But I guess it's possible. Oh, we'll never know because he didn't get the damn ball because uh, Chandler Jones picks it off and literally just plows into the ground and uh, and they score a touchdown. Again, the dumbest way to lose a football game of all time. If you just fall down and bounce, you, that, that thing goes into overtime. Who the hell knows what happens? Although the Patriots probably got robbed. I don't know if that one guy actually caught that in the end zone. They had like no way to turn, overturn that call. So the Raiders had a late touchdown that probably couldn't have stood. But either way, what a dumb way to lose a football game. You have to be dumb to lose to the Raiders. The Raiders try to give games away every week. This was the yeah. fifth game that they blew, what, a 14-point lead. <laughs> yes, you do. And, and you knew they were going to find a way to blow it in overtime. All you had to do was not blow it before them. And that's what the Patriots did, just threw the ball away like idiots. And so uncharacteristic of a Bill Belichick team. I mean, usually 
for the last 25 years, his teams didn't make those stupid mistakes. And this year it seems like they're doing it more often. Um, I don't know, man. The, the NFL is, there was, it was a, a weird, games. it was a weird Sunday. Yeah. Weird, yeah. weird Sunday. The Cowboys lost on a, on an interception like that too, at the end. Cowboys um, losing a tough one. Uh, Chiefs go to overtime against the Texans. Yeah. Uh, your giants, uh, all kinds of penalties, not penalties being called on Sunday night. Uh, and that one, the Dolphins Bills. There was a PI that wasn't called at some point in time during that one. A lot of crazy, crazy football. Yeah, it was exciting stuff. I, I enjoyed it. And wrapped up, like, did you please tell me you watched the World Cup final? Please tell me, oh, yes. Argentina and 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 France. Please tell me you watched that. You were glued into that one. I watched the entire game. Nice. Entire game okay. Beginning. Uh, fantastic. What what a great match. I mean, great match. Yeah. Well, it was two nothing, and it was and it's kind of drawing on there for a little while. I was like, "All right, it's going to be a, a boring end." But then you get the penalty kick, you get, and then he scores again two minutes later. And holy shit, what a what a rest of the way that was! And then yeah. they score in, in overtime, go up three to two, and then France comes back and scores again. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. It was great. I mean, talk about two two guys and, and Messi and Mbappe who were literally like the best at what they do on that stage, playing their you know playing their ass off. Right? It isn't like one of those games where one guy's not playing really well. Mbappe with a hat trick, you know, Messi obviously with the uh, um, the late goal that uh, that put him up briefly. Uh, and we're all going to forget that Argentina or the, uh, that that save the goal he had uh, that France could have easily won that thing. Uh, just gets it off the side of his leg. Uh, makes one huge stop on PKs and they miss the other one and it's all over. Uh, nothing better. I mean, not like I'm not a soccer purist by any stretch, but I was glued to that thing from 10 a.m. until it was well after one o'clock kickoffs. That thing was over. Like it was a it's a good little sporting event. I enjoyed it. Yeah. How about the goal that Messi scored in overtime? I didn't. I thought they they stopped it because the um there was a defender in the goal, but he was past the line. But yes, and in real time, I was like, holy, how did yeah. he do that? And uh, Turned out it to be a goal, but yeah, yeah. fun stuff. You, you don't like the penalty kicks, right? I I don't mind it. Like I, I, at some point, that thing has to end. So I don't I don't mind. It, it feels weird to do that, but I don't I don't I don't mind it. Um, I'm not a purist where I like got to get rid of it, but um, but if you know if you kept playing that thing, I have no idea what the hell would happen. I mean, guys are gonna die by the time you play that much soccer. Um, yeah. so I don't I don't mind it. It's a nice little exciting end. At least it gives you finality to it. I would have liked the golden goal. Like imagine if that ended the game when Messi yeah. scored in overtime and that would have been enough. Then you don't have to go to penalty kicks. Yeah. Uh, that would have been cool. Yeah, but, good, good, good weekend of, uh, of sports. Are you going to try to go to any games when the uh, world cups here in four years? I am. Yeah. I'd love to try to figure out uh, how to get to uh, to a game. I don't know where the U S will play it. Obviously that'd probably be my preference. Uh, but Miami's got a game down yeah. there. Right. I think, uh, and I think Atlanta is the closest one to me. So I'd love to get to a, a world cup. Yeah. That'd be cool. I am. I am. Atlanta's not far for you. It's closer than Miami. Actually. You may have Messi playing down in your backyard in, in no time. Yeah. He's going to be living here in Fort Lauderdale right next to me. I'm going to go hang out with him and have dinner you, with him. You and Messi hanging out, just having a good time. You know, just two two soccer lovers cutting it up. <laughs> I mean, it'll be it'll be a good old time down there. That'll be pretty sweet. Yeah, I might go check out the game for sure if he's on the team. Um, but yeah, the World Cup in four years, I would love. I'd like to go to a game. I would go even if it was just you know, I don't know, Croatia and Saudi Arabia. I guess just to get that experience. 
of being. I don't think I'm going Croatia, Saudi Arabia, but give me, <laughs> give me like a good team or a good, a well-known player at that point. Like if France was playing and Mbappe is still playing, I mean that would be cool to watch, right? Even if they're not playing the U.S., if they're playing someplace close, that would be cool to watch, right? Give me, you know, Brazil if Neymar still playing. Give me somebody good, and I'd absolutely want to take that in. Ecuador's here in Miami. I'm all over. It. I have to. Oh yeah, it's fair. Yeah, it's fair. They're gonna need you. Yeah, they're gonna need you. Yeah. On the bright side, I don't think we have to qualify for that. U.S. doesn't because it's a home, we're the home nation. So I think we get a we get a free pass into that. Although I don't know how that works because Mexico and Canada are also like co-sponsors. So do we all get in? I don't know. Yeah, they have to be. I think it's they're all in, way. and they're expanding the field anyway. They're expanding the field anyway. Yeah. All right. More soccer. Mm-hmm. All right, buddy. Well, I mean, look, uh, you know, we got Christmas coming up here. We'll do a live show on Wednesday. I don't know if you got the memo on that. Um, Trace has some sort of a conflict. So we're doing a live show on Wednesday now this week. Uh, so if you listen to us on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday morning, check in uh, 8 p.m. Facebook, uh, Twitter, and YouTube. Me, Trace, maybe Mike. I assume he'll be there. Uh, we'll try to get you up and ready for the, uh, the Duke Military Bowl game. We'll see if we can get a Duke insider on. Uh, maybe talk a little hoops. We'll have a signing day recap. Uh, I know you come to the Suns for recruiting. That's what we do around here. Uh, so we will uh, we'll have probably some sort of a signing day recap. Um, and uh, we'll keep breaking news. Check out the website. We got articles going up like twice a week now. We got recaps. We got previews. Uh, thanks to our guy, John, and our guy, uh, Leo. So check out that stuff on 2nightsmedia.com. Make sure you go to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. I think we're at 850-something. So love to try to get over 1,000 sometime in the near future. So if you know anybody who knows anybody who knows anybody, Make sure you're subscribing to that, Mike. Uh, holiday plans, Mike. Big, uh, big Christmas plans over there at the UCF Mike House. Man, it's gonna be a crazy couple of days for Christmas. I've got four places to be within two days. Wow. Yeah, it's it's another reason I don't really care for Christmas as much. But you know what's cool is we got the NFL on Saturday. Yeah. The Giants play one o'clock Saturday. I gotta be at my cousin's house Saturday night, like at seven thirty hang out there all night. Then the next day I got to go to my mom's in the morning for breakfast. I got to go to the in-laws in the afternoon for, you know, the whole Christmas thing over there. Dolphins are playing at that time. So we'll watch the dolphin game there. Then I got to go back to my sister's house for dinner that night. Jeez. I'm just glad that it's actually on a Sunday. So we're off Monday. Hmm. Which yeah. is cool. And I just had the whole day Monday to uh, actually just going to have to clean up and start packing. Cause we're going to New York on Wednesday. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a busy time, busy couple weeks, but the next two Mondays, no work. So that's cool. Yeah. You got to consolidate all those parties. I mean, just, just start one big brunch, call it an even. Yeah. It's too much. That's why I like having stuff at my house. That's why we do Thanksgiving here and we're going to do new year's here too. Just so I don't have to drive anywhere and just stay home. I don't care. I don't, we invited a bunch of people, but if nobody shows up, I don't care either. I just don't want to have to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, the one uh, positive of us not having any family nearby me here in Jax is uh, we don't have any uh, – uh, we can just wander to a neighbor's house or something like that, so we don't have any obligations, which is great. Just do what you want. Nothing better than that. I'm an adult, Mike. I'll do what I want. <laughs> Tell me what yeah. to do. It's, uh, All right, buddy. Well, I mean, it's it's the holiday season, though. I know you love I, – I know despite the fact that you gave everybody a naughty uh, and you're reputed um, anti-Christmas – um guy i think you're a pro festivist though so uh you uh um you know you and yours have a happy holiday mike enjoy enjoy your time thanks yeah well i'm gonna see you before then uh wednesday it's also then, fair wednesday yeah and then next week i what's the schedule like obviously oh great question well you're gonna be out of town i mean do you, you want to record on monday i mean uh, uh. possible I mean, we're off monday monday's more like a sunday yeah we could it'd yeah. have to be because 
You're out of town, yeah. So if we're gonna do anything next week, I mean, Monday is gonna be our day. So we'll figure it out. I guess we'll have to see if Mike's available on Monday or not. If we have another uh, episode two eleven ever uh, comes to light, we'll see. Right. And then what's with Trace rearranging this whole schedule thing? I didn't. Nobody told me about this. Nobody ran this by me. I just saw today yeah. he's put out the uh, questions, yeah. and I saw we're on Wednesday now. So yeah, the guy was about to transfer, and now he thinks he can change days on us and all this stuff. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, he's got some sort of a booze cruise or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, Jello shot cruise. Jello shot cruise. They're doing pudding shots. I don't gingerbread, you know, whipped cream situation. I don't know. But uh, yeah, Wednesday. Uh, basketball games on the same time. So we got to like half watch the basketball game after the show. Oh, and he's putting, he's scheduling us against the basketball game. That's usually his thing is we can't go on at the same time as the basketball game. I know. He's got holiday obligations. He's a busy man. I don't know what to tell you, you know. Hmm. I don't know about this, Choco. But it gives you an extra, it gives you one one more free day of the week, Mike. You get the show over with. Now you got Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You, know, you can get your rest in. You can, you know, you got to have a good time. That's true. And we can watch the game as we're uh, doing the show. Yeah, it's probably better. I mean, I, it's probably the best way to watch those anyway. I think we're doing a watch along. I know you're going to be uh, out of town. I think Andy and I are doing a watch along for the actual military bowl. Um, he asked me if we want to do that. One of those Manning cast things where we just have the game on and we talk about it. It's four hours, Mike. So, um, <laughs> your, your boy may be struggling after a while there, but I think we're going to do one of those on, on uh, military bowl day. So, um, stay tuned for that. That could be fun. Are you going to be sucking down the seltzers while you're doing that? I was planning on it. I mean, if, if, if I have to watch the game with me, you're going to have to watch the game with me. Like this is how I watch the game. So you're going to be stuck with me seltzers and running around. Although it's the military ball, I'm probably okay. But, um, yeah, you're stuck with me. This is what you're going to, you're going to get what you're going to get. Are you going to be doing fist pumps and stuff? <clears throat> I don't know if I'll be that excited about this one. It depends. <laughs> I, I say that now, but if we get into this thing, we win this thing. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll see. But I got to be confined to the camera, so I got to figure that out. I mean, it's going to be a whole, it's going to be a whole shebang. I need some guests. Can you set to stop up a by. second camera, wide view. I can. And then you know, when you get up to run around, we, we can see you. I can. Around. I actually can. Yes, there's a there's a second uh, camera feed available to me on Streamyard. So yeah, you could get a uh, full, full shot situation. We may maybe you can beam in from where the hell you are. You know, I may be at the watch party in New York. Zoom in for a minute or two. Trace, I think, is going to be in the press box, so he can't stop by. But if you see if Mike, we'll get Wild Bill in here, you know, two letters, two words. We're going to try to bring in, um, I'm going to try to send the link out to a bunch of people that just follow along and Suns Plus type guys, right? Um, And have them just like join in whatever the hell they want. You know, big play and you're pissed off about it, like hop on the stream. Let's talk about it. Almost like a radio call in show, you know what I mean? So, you know, JRP's first interception, I fully expect JP Gilbert. You know, in the green room, ready to talk about, you know, love lady, come get your outfielder. So, um, yeah, we're going to try to, we're going to try to pass that along to a few people, let them hop in and just, just yell and scream whenever they need to. How many people can stay in the green room at once? Because sometimes you can't get rid of these guys. That, I think, that, I, I know the max you can put on screen is 10. So, me and Andy. So, I think, I think we got room for eight. And then I got to cycle some people in and out. So, I mean, if you're boring me, you're going to have to go, you know. Be careful if you let glue cough in because that guy never leaves. Yeah, um, Elo. <laughs> Elo's always got an invite. Elo's got a standing invite. Whenever Elo wants to talk, Elo's my guy. I mean, uh, no, no better human than Eric Lopez. He's got a standing invite. Glukov, eh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Like yeah, be careful. Ration out those uh, invites. Yeah, Elo's standing invite though. Whenever Elo wants on, Elo gets on. Done I haven't deal. seen Elo in a while. Yeah, I'm sure he's, sure he's around. Yeah, I've been, I've been, I've, he DM'd me the other day, something. So, still right. kicking. Well, that should be a fun time. It'll be a good time for everybody. 
so you have all that to look forward to. But um, for right now, everybody have a fantastic week. Take care of each other. Again, Wednesday, live show. Me, Mike, Trace. Maybe Mike. Maybe Trace. Maybe me. I don't even know. Uh, 8 p.m. Uh, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Until then, everybody, if we don't talk to you again, if you don't listen for some reason, everybody have a fantastic uh, holiday, Christmas, uh, whatever you're doing situation. Enjoy all of that. And uh, and we'll talk to you very, very soon. Good night. Charge on. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.